0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 64 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. It's Bill's Way or the Highway, as uh, Chris uh, suggested. Today is my birthday, so Chris suggested, Bill, why don't you uh, take the reins and uh, run the show? And then he also had another great idea. He said, what about big box PC games? I was like, oh, what a great idea. And then he said, you know who else likes big box (laughs) PC games? Our very good friend Pam, who is joining us with our triumphant return to video in honor of her amazing YouTube channel, Cannot Be Tamed. Pam, welcome.
1: Hey, thank you so much. It's been a while since I've been on the show. Good to talk to you all and see you.
0: I know. Yeah. It's, it's been years. I,
2: I think we were all looking forward to maybe uh, the show being this year, but then 2020 yeah. happened. So, Yeah. Ruined <sighs> yeah. a lot of well, things. It's
0: there's uh, um yeah the first time uh, uh so we've known uh, pam for years just we you know travel in the same circles of the you know with the retro game collecting and just games in general and just going to cool fun events so uh the first time i met pam was at uh uh, uh, uh a game show down in uh, dc uh, it was a Magfest that uh, was the first time we met that night that we played battle toads yes <laughs> uh, so uh yeah it was a, a a lot of fun events and we've We've seen each other at uh, over the years at um, you know Retro World and uh, and other shows. So very happy to have you on the show. Uh, happy to have some uh, uh, some big box PC game uh, discussion uh, incoming. I see everyone's super excited. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris, you got your uh, your operating system installation package uh, right there. Upgrade, <laughs> ready to go. That's
2: not even new. Boy, it's
0: upgrade. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm looking at that and I'm thinking tattoo <laughs> because. <laughs> just so everyone knows how serious i am when you go to the beach like that guy (laughs) is for real so um let's just jump right into it um and uh so we'll start with our regular uh kind of what's going on with you so why don't we start with our guest pam uh so what's going on with you pam you playing anything you doing anything cool what's going on with you
1: I have been trying to fit in as many 2020 games in this month as possible before the year wraps up. I always do a best of the year video, and this year it's feeling a little light. So I'm just trying to like to really try to find some games to fall in love with in two weeks. Um, so I, <laughs> I've been playing, um, I just finished a game called Cloud Punk which is a uh, sort of futuristic kind of cyberpunk environment. And it's all like, you know, it's got all the cyberpunk-y kind of like lights and everything. But the characters, when you get real close up, look kind of like Lego, like they're like 3D pixel characters. And you play a delivery driver who's going on all these deliveries and meeting these strange characters and... uh there's a big overarching story about like an AI and stuff and it was really good. I actually Mm -hmm. really liked that one. Um, Another one I've been playing is Haven, which was just added to Game Pass a little while Mm -hmm. ago. And it's really neat because it's like a combination of like a visual novel and like an exploration collection game and a romance story. And I'm really liking that too. It's kind of like chill, a little on the repetitive side, but like really sweet and i've been liking that a lot as well uh yeah that's mostly what i've been playing um i streamed for the first time in many years the other night which was exciting so
2: (laughs) how did it go i mean
1: it went pretty well actually like i had I don't know, like 150 people generally watching, which was cool. And everyone behaved themselves, which was really nice and somewhat unexpected. Impressive. Um, I didn't have to ban anyone or moderate (laughs) any comments. Uh, So, yeah, we just watched the Game Awards. And apparently I roll my eyes a lot, which (laughs) people (laughs) notice.
2: I can't imagine you needing to roll your eyes during the game awards. Right.
0: <laughs> in, in reaction to the game awards or just no matter what's going on there's eye rolling happening.
1: <laughs> I think it was mostly in reaction to the game awards.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we we may actually get to that in a little bit. We've got a, just a short uh kind of uh little game awards uh, uh piece coming up in a bit, but uh, yeah, I, I saw the uh, stream that was uh that was very cool to uh I saw I think I saw you on Twitter saying, yeah. "Okay, I'm going for it." Like kind of yeah. like self-prepping the Prepping for it.
1: Yeah, I I hadn't done like a stream on PC like that, um, like ever by myself. Mm. So I just like I set it all up. I didn't even do a test stream. I'm just like, we'll just see how it works. Let's go.
2: (laughs) It must have went pretty well. I mean, do you? I know like a lot of people. I would imagine like you, when you turn out content, it's very, you, you've, I can tell you've written a script. It's really well engineered and put together. It's really well thought out. And streaming is like this really mm. other deal. Yes. Uh, do you like doing both or?
1: Um, I liked streaming this because it was just like something I could watch and react to. Like people ask me to stream games and I don't think I could split attention like that between a game and a chat and all of that. Um, per- I like doing the scripted stuff most. I think it turns out better, um, and I sound smarter when I can <laughs> <laughs> write a script. Um, so yeah, I definitely prefer that kind of video content. But sometimes it's nice to just go off the cuff. I mean, podcasts are kind of like that. So,
2: sure. Yeah, we live off <laughs> we live off the cuff. Uh, I I don't know if see if you get a chance, but if you if you check out that Piku Nico as I mentioned, you know, you, oh, might, yeah. you might get a kick out of that. That was yeah. it's a fun little one Excellent. and not long, so not and Game Pass, fun. yes,
0: yeah, yeah. It's Sorry. one of those, mm-hmm. we, so yeah, we've talked about it on the show, but like my like we'll we'll pop open Game Pass. We'll I'll say the kids like, hey, like what looks good? And we're like let's try that and. They fell in love with it. We ended up grabbing it on. The, it was one of the free games on the Epic Game Store in recent months, and uh, they they love it. And I've mentioned before on the show they they have this thing where they like to just like delete save files and just start like completely over <laughs> again. And they do like they'll finish the game, and there's like one achievement that they're missing, and like they can't go back and get it because like you had to like be in a certain time or a certain thing. And they're like, "That's fine. We'll just delete it and do the whole thing again." So, mm-hmm. so yeah, but yeah, Pikuniku is a blast. <laughs>
2: Infinite time. That's the great thing about childhood.
0: I know. I got no job. <laughs> Just got to go to school, come home. So, awesome. Uh, anything else, Pam, or that's uh, that wraps it up for your kind of what's new with you?
1: No, I think that's it for uh, game stuff. I'm moving next month, which is like what's new in my life, which Ooh. sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying to like put out videos, a couple at least this month while I'm still doing all the other stuff, so...
2: Have you got another place all lined up and picked out, or?
1: Uh hmm Okay, Yeah, good. I just signed a lease this week, so.
2: Uh, very cool. Yep. You gotta move very far, or?
1: No, I'm just, I'm going back to the city. I'm, like, out in the suburbs right now,
2: so. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good cool. then. You gonna hire somebody mm-hmm. to come and just take it all oh, in one yes. shot? Oh yes. yes. <laughs> good for <laughs> you. Smart way to do
0: it. Gosh, I remember being like, because like when you're young, mm-hmm. you have like time and you have no money, yeah. right? So like you try to do everything yourself. And I remember I stayed on that like trajectory for too long mm-hmm. and tried to do like all of our moves ourselves. And like the first time, and when you're young, you move all the time. You to know, this apartment, that apartment. Let's stay in this guy's house for a week. Let's move into a dorm, and then like. There's a there's a time when like the first time that I was like, "All right, let's pay two guys just to move all this stuff from here to there." And then like 5 hours later it's just moved. Yeah. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, they're more efficient and your back doesn't hurt at the end of the day. <laughs> so, like, absolutely pay the people to move the stuff.
1: Yeah. For sure. And when you're when you have people coming, you also like pack better. Like you leave less odds and ends out and you're doing less at the yep. last minute, so
0: and the, the first time we paid people to move, like they, cause we had like a, like a leather sectional they had to move and they like have this like roll of saran wrap mm-hmm. and they like wrap it up so they can just like grab it and it grips and it protects it. And they just kind of like put it on the couch and I'm like, that's so smart. So the yeah. next time we had movers, we just went and did that saran wrap thing before they got there. Mm-hmm. So they showed up and they were like, you guys are the best. They could just <laughs> pick stuff up and go. So yeah, it's uh, that's one of the, one of the cool things about, you know, where, where we are in our, you know, kind of lives right now is that I don't have to move because it's not a fun process. And I, I wish you luck through you. that. Uh, yeah, especially in the winter. Oh yeah. 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 It's yeah. not,
1: not ideal, but yeah, if I can get someone else carrying all the stuff, at least I'll just deal. Keep the dog calm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's also one of those things where, uh, uh, friends well, like, uh, Please don't ask a friend to help you move. Like,
2: it's always a friend with a I, truck.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like the friend with the pickup truck, or like, hey, like well, I'll get you some pizza or whatever. Like, it's it's not a good deal. Like, <laughs> if you can have your friends move arcade machines for your expo, like, that's one thing. But, yeah, like, that's to move one thing. All of your belongings. Uh, my, I, I have a buddy who like his friend asked to help move, and he shows up at his house, and like literally nothing's packed. It just looks like he lives in this house. And he's like, I thought we're, like, moving. And he's like, yeah, we got to pack all this oh stuff up. Oh, <laughs> my no. And he just left. No. Not worth <laughs> which it. Is the, which is the right man. move. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get out of this situation yeah. right now before we're not friends anymore. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing so. this
2: preemptively to save this friendship. Goodbye. Exactly.
0: <laughs> all right. Cool. So that's, uh, yeah, so good deal. So uh, if I remember, that's uh, Haven and Cloudpunk. Um, you would uh, you'd recommend those? You're having fun with them?
1: Yeah, definitely recommend them good time
0: very cool and
2: i uh, since, good deal. since i've got you here i get to ask a weird question and that is in the videos how do you decide like the art that goes in the frame every uh. single time <laughs> what's what's um, that all about
1: i try to match it up to what i'm talking about if if at all possible okay. like i did a video on where i talked about man eater and so i have a shark picture that i put behind me or if i'm talking about vampires i use like vampy looking women behind me so i i try to match it up a little bit
2: i do pay attention i always notice i'm like so what's the picture this time so sorry i had to ask guys all right
1: yeah
0: no no cool we're uh, uh that's what we're here for so uh let's move on to uh chris Chris, what's new with you? I'm sorry, what besides my, my cat right over here who is so it's oh, yeah. probably wonder like what on earth is he's, he doing? My cat's <laughs> up. yeah, that, I, I, is is he is is your cat behind Microsoft DOS or <laughs> here, here he is? So oh man, he's uh, big, he big popped guy. right
2: out of the upgrade box.
0: Uh, <laughs> is he a floppy diskette?
2: Maybe. <laughs> um, you know, for me, what's new? I mean, you know. I'm trying to get ready for the holidays, and you can't go anywhere. So, I mean, there's not a lot to do other than order everything online. Um, trying to play a little bit more, I thought, like, you know, maybe I should try something else. So, I like loaded up the new um, Dragon Quest off of Game Pass, and that's as far as I got. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I loaded it up because I just keep, you know, like, I don't know if you guys do this. Like, I get really comfortable with a game, and then I have to, like, make this hurdle in my head, like, Okay, I to force myself to stop doing one thing and go on to something else because I've been playing, you know, Demon Souls, and it's like okay, I just know and it's comfortable and it's fun and I have to think. I can just turn it on and blank out and have fun, and like to start a new game, you know, you have to invest that time and thought process to be like, okay, I got to learn all this new stuff, and I gotta, and yeah. sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to do it. So yeah. um, anyway, that's as far as I I got. Um, my plan is to play because I want to play the 2D version that that they added to that so uh that's my plan to give that a shot other than that um you know i'm sure we're going to talk about it in a little bit but you know is watch the game awards and um the you know i was one of the reasons i probably watched this because i expected like everybody else for them to be a new elden ring trailer mm-hmm. to be somewhere in there because it's a game nobody hears about uh but they did surprise me at the end at least no elden ring but new mass effect yeah. Mm. The new Mass Effect trailer, and then you're like, because you're like, when it starts up, you're like, okay, this is spacey. What's this all yeah. about? I don't know. I like space games, <laughs> and and then because like the beginning, the music hasn't even come in, right? It's just like ah, there's some galaxies and some crap, right? No, let's zoom mm. in, and then all of a sudden, like the music starts kicking, and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> and yeah. then you see, and, and I'm like, is that Tally? Yeah,
3: and, <laughs>
2: and then you know they cut to away from it so uh, i know it's probably what three four years away if they're putting that teaser out but i mean you yeah know, at least they're doing the the uh the re-release and then they're getting to some new mass effect that thank god is not more andromeda <laughs> so, well
4: they haven't said yeah it could be mm. it could be andromeda too
2: i guess it could i mean it yeah. could be if you guys did anybody else so, am i the only one to play andromeda i played it okay so fam you remember i so i think they planned this dlc remember they had like the whole thing where the Ark from, I can't remember that. That's horrible. I can't remember Tally's race of people that lived on their spaceship. Mm-hmm.
3: The
0: Quarry? The,
2: yeah. So the Quarians, right?
0: Quar- Quaria, right? Something so, like that.
2: So that was the whole premise is like their Ark spaceship had not come from the Milky Way yet. It was the only mm-hmm. one that had not arrived yet like everybody else has had. So I always thought like, in oh, this will be DLC. That one will show up. So, I mean, it could be. But let's hope that they've learned their lesson. Right. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if we need so, more so,
0: Yeah. So no spoilers or anything. <laughs> but the uh, there's a whole lot of tweets from the uh, game director, um, which uh, he's like actually like answering like people asking him like you know <laughs> like questions and stuff. So there was uh, and there's an article that kind of collected all of them. And I don't want to quote them because I'm not looking right at it. But like someone was like so is this a direct sequel to both Andromeda and Mass Effect because it shows both galaxies like, and, and the director like quoted that tweet. And he was like, and he was like, not saying, but we show both gal, like the, the decision to show both galaxies is intentional. So he like, didn't definitely answer it, but he's like, we did that on purpose. And then there's like, he answers a few more and then like, he was like, okay, I need to stop talking like I'm going to stop right there. So just so go check out the I can't remember the uh, the game directors that Twitter handle. But um he's been tweeting a lot about people who are like rejoining the team. And it's a lot of Mass Effect one, two, three uh, 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 veterans like like the Like the art director is back and like uh, Sam Hewlett who did the music and like he's like tagging each of them like, oh, this person's coming back. Wow. This person's coming back. So they are getting a lot of Mass Effect uh, trilogy original talent to come back and do it, which is awesome.
2: And we've it's got similar. Dragon Age right around the corner. so
1: I don't know if it's right around the yeah, corner. The t- the, t- the trailer they showed didn't show much more than the teaser they showed last year. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, okay. In terms of Bioware games, it's close. <laughs> it's going to be closer than Mass Effect, I guess we could say, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I'll be curious. I, you know, I I like Bioware stuff. I know Andromeda was a little bit... I, mean,
4: I don't think it was as bad as everybody gave it
2: crud for... But it was not a winner, like the other ones what, were. What, so. I've,
0: what I've heard from a lot of people is it's not as good as Mass Effect One, Two, or Three, and it's definitely worth your time if you want to spend a little bit of time in the Mass Effect universe. So I was like, okay, that's fair. It had you know the the situation where it came out like a lot of games, you know, that either have crunch or come out like you know Rust or whatever, where it was extremely buggy right out of the gate. And lot very glitchy and they fixed a lot of that stuff. But like once a game kind of has that reputation, it's hard to shake it. Um, like the Assassin's Creed, like with the eyeballs like bugging <laughs> out, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, it's like people remember those things. But uh, I- I've heard that similar sentiment, Chris, that like, yeah, like it's not like, you know, a masterpiece, but it's worth your time if you want to give it a shot. Especially since you can probably find it for five dollars.
2: Oh, or Game Pass, I think, you know, because yeah. it's got EA in it now. EA play, so, yeah. Part yeah, of that. give it a shot. And my dude had a monster fro. He looked awesome. So you know <laughs> enjoy the game. But that's probably enough for me.
0: Okay. So uh yeah, so moving on to uh Kelsey. Um I know you have a shining achievement that you're <laughs> very proud of that I'd love to hear uh the uh I'd love to see the documentary actually once it's. Uh, it's already it's uploaded. You can watch released. the documentary.
3: It's about yeah, 15 well, minutes long, well, no. I
0: think. Is there director commentary though? Like, how do I get. Uh... Right here, behind
4: the scenes right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: this is it. Here it comes. All right, tell me all about what's been going on.
4: Well, uh, I've been complaining, I think, for the last three or maybe four <laughs> shows that have been stuck on Akari Warriors since the middle of October, and I finally finished akari warriors one on the nes without using the abba code i'm pretty proud of that because it was i i expected it to be hard but it gave me a lot more trouble than i was anticipating to the point where i like i think i mentioned last episode that i like changed my daily routine to like involve playing (laughs) akari warriors every morning when i woke up i'd play stages three and four on the snk 40th anniversary collection just to like make sure i was really Strong at those levels for when I finally had good runs to get there, and yeah, after all that that pain, I finally finished the first one, and then I just slammed through two and three within the next twenty same twenty four hours that I beat that first one. So I, I don't have to play Akari Warriors ever again if I don't <laughs> want to. <Yeah.
0: laughs> proud of you, bud.
4: Congratulations! Probably, I really want to check out the arcade version though on the SNK collection, so I'll definitely play that one soon
1: do you think it was so difficult because like is it just technically difficult is it like cheap and kind of broken is it a combination
4: it is most of the other games that i've had trouble with it's usually like one part of the game like you either have to get really good with one mechanic or there's one glitchy level or one terrible jump or something but this one was just mean the whole way through (laughs) because everything kills you there's no way to like get extra lives or grind for them other than score and you can't Stand around and grind score because if you stand around, they start shooting missiles at you from the top. Um, All the power-ups are hidden, so you have to like memorize where the power-ups are on your runs so you can get them. Um, The hearts that let you keep your power-ups. The first stage doesn't have one until the end of the stage, so you have to basically do the first stage flawlessly. The second stage, I think, had two of them in it, and then they're a lot more generous with them in the third and fourth stages. Um, But just yeah getting through getting that far into the stages to get the hearts so that you can keep your power ups if you die is really tough and if you beat a level that counts as dying even though you don't lose a life so you don't start the next level with your heart you have to go find a new heart yeah so they do a couple mean things like that um there are some glitchy things that were happening in the final stage um i had one run where the whole screen like inverted the colors on me and I could barely tell what enemies were shooting at me, <laughs> and there's like junk, glitch, junk like shows up on the screen, and they're actually like obstacles. So You have to destroy them, like a door, and doors explode when you destroy them in this game. So you can't be close to them when you blow them up, or you will die. And they're not meant to be there. So sometimes they're in really unfortunate areas. Uh, yeah, it was. It's just, just mean.
1: You're a very patient person.
4: Yeah. <laughs> That's my only good gaming quality is patience. (laughs) Uh, Two is a weird game. It was like demons and monsters instead of military guys. And then three went back to military guys. So I don't know (laughs) if the director changed in between (laughs) games or what. It's
0: weird. Was it a dream? Maybe.
2: We played way more of two back in the day than any of the other ones. I remember that one. It's got weird colors. Like the guys have some really weird. And they're like kind of like squat. bigger and yeah it's weird it's
4: also got loading in it which is bizarre (laughs) every time you open up your menu to switch weapons or something you have to wait for a load and then when you close the menu you got to wait for another load wow
0: it's high tech is it a real is it a real load or is it like a simulated to make it look like it's like
4: it i don't know it feels like you do you ever play like street fighter alpha on super nintendo and you like start Mm -hmm. a match and it like Uh... freezes for a couple seconds before it starts it's like okay
0: gotcha yeah
4: uh, the soundtrack was really, really good in
0: two. Though I actually,
4: it was quite surprised how much I liked it.
0: So when, as soon when you posted that that Akari one video, I was like, all right, I gotta watch it. I gotta see what like the perfect run. Uh, you know, the perfect gravity it, run. It's looks not like. a perfect so,
4: run. I did have a couple deaths in it that I was able right. to recover from.
0: Yep. So so I, I saw that, and um, so not being as familiar with the game, um, uh, it was like I was I was watching. I was at work, so I was kind of watching and looking back and forth, and I looked over and I was like is he playing Jackal? Because he's just like in a tank <laughs> for a stretch. So it's was like, oh, so he powers up and then yeah. he's a tank. The tanks so...
4: are the best because you, mm. not as many things can kill you. So you just feel really safe. Right. Yeah. When you get to water and you have to get out of your tank, that's when the game is the hardest. Mm. Um, and other than that, I've been playing some Cyberpunk 2077. Um. I tried to get a review copy and... Did not hold my breath because I, I'm a very new writer and I write for a pretty small site. So I just I reached out to the PR person and a PR person for uh, they for a company called Evolve that covers uh, CD Projekt Red's PR in North America and also to a community manager that was in North America. Just sent them nice messages saying I was interested and that kind of stuff and and then didn't expect anything because all the other writers i was talking to were saying like it's only going out to like the biggest sites like ign and polygon and GameSpot, and they're being pretty selective with influencers and stuff too so i bought a copy day one to start the review and then the next day i got a callback from one of them and got a code so i was i'm still really really excited that i got a like a code for cyberpunk which is one of the biggest games this year nice didn't think that was gonna happen um, so I took my copy that I bought back and I traded it for Sackboy's Big Adventure to play with my daughter <laughs> on Christmas.
2: <laughs> so since you've got the review, you've got to write. How fast do you have to turn around that that review?
4: I, I was asking because I haven't done a game this big or this uh, important before. I've mostly done indie games, um, and so the editor at the site like specifically said he's like, "Don't rush it. Like just take oh, your man. time, have fun." So they have just like a. A blanket like thirty day since the game came out, kind of deadline. Um, so as long as I'm within the thirty days, I'm I'm good. So
3: that's I'm very not, generous. So, yeah, so, I'm not so trying you to were, bust so, my,
4: my
0: butt doing it. So, just... so you're allowed to. So you're allowed to take your time and not rush it. So you were kind of treated the opposite of the developers. <laughs> the cyberpunk.
4: <laughs> yeah, like I don't know how like the other outlets got their reviews out day one. Like they're talking like mm. fifty, seventy, eighty hours. Some of them, and I don't yeah. think they got the game more than at most like a week before it came out. Some of them, and some of them less than mm-hmm. that.
0: Mm-hmm. So
4: I, I don't know if I'll be two, three, four weeks, but I'm not gonna kill myself to get it out.
0: Right. I've that's been... awesome. Yeah. No, it's, that was really cool. that You were able to get that. That was, that's very nice.
4: Yeah. It just makes me really excited for, for future releases from any company that I can maybe right, have a well, chance. in your like, cap.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now I've heard it's pretty buggy um have you run into that or has it been good for you or
4: it's been mostly good i've had a few crashes where the game just stops um and i reboot it but the checkpointing is pretty good so i haven't really lost any progress and i haven't had any of the other weird stuff that i've been seeing online like like penises uh like cutting through your pants (laughs) 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 nothing that bad
0: yeah I, I saw that one clipping through clothes, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, mo- most of the things I've seen, like, you know, the memes or the people reporting things, like, it's like, oh, like here's the gameplay on a base PS4, and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's a base PS4, you know, <sighs> or like, here's the game, you know, I, I actually everything I've seen is on base PS4. Like, nothing's on just a base Xbox One, which I'm sure it's very, very similar to, you know, base PS4 performance. But, I mean, I don't want to make the excuse... And a lot of people are are saying, like, oh, like, what do you expect? It's a seven-year-old console. And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, they released that game, you know, like, it mm-hmm. it, it should be somewhat optimized for that console but they're, they've already hot fixed a few times I, and you, keep you having, feel for the devs because they've definitely been crunched so i keep having trying to, to remind it myself
4: it's a ps4 game and not a ps5 game because mm. i've been playing a lot of ps5 lately and i love the controller and i'm mm. i keep i'm like why isn't it doing cool things right now why aren't the triggers like tighter why is yeah. it and i'm like all oh, right right it's not a ps5 game yet yeah. sometime <laughs> next year they're going to do the update
2: for the the ps5 upgrade Gotcha. Speaking of which, so Pam, you're the only one here that's got a Series X. You liking it?
1: Yeah, I like it. I mean, there's not really much to play on it. Yeah, I, I know, right? That's specifically for it, but you can play the last three generations of yeah. games, so I've been using it a lot. Um, I like that it's uses the same interface. It's just basically faster. The games load up instantly. I can like quick resume on like four different games which is kind of nice but uh yeah it's not um all that different like graphically i've i've played a couple optimized for series x and i i don't notice that much of a difference honestly although i i don't tend to play the like big showcase games so
0: right so so i um uh, as as the resident destiny player um so the optimized version of destiny 2 for the series x uh the update came out on the 10th which is just a couple days ago as of recording this um so that's when console players finally got to get their 60 frames in destiny we've it's always been locked at 30. Mm-hmm. and i've seen a handful of uh, stories on that that are like you know uh, one of the, the articles i read was like uh, destiny the destiny 2 um you know like next gen upgrade is a revelation like it's not just the keyboard and mouse um, j- playing on a controller is fine, but having those sixty frames, especially um in competitive or like high end PvE, it-, it really is uh, uh, a game changer. Um and there's a reason why when there's like a day one raid race, there's a reason why like, you know, five thousand teams on PC can clear it and like three teams on console do it and it's not just because they're using controllers like the game is easier on pc because like a lot of a lot of it because of those frames so but yeah i've read very yeah go ahead i've
4: been playing cyberpunk on resolution mode not performance mode
0: <laughs> oh, well, no, no, nobody's perfect. <laughs> well, and it's not, all opinion. It's it's all it's all what you like, right? Not all of us have so,
2: lasered eyeballs, so we can see every yeah. pixel. Okay, yeah,
0: with those with those. Uh, is your is, is it hooked up to the OLED? Yeah, I got the new TV. Yeah, thing, so it's, it's yeah, that's ex- that's exciting. OLED is yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Un- unreal. We like, we actually we had to go to Costco the other day, and uh, uh, so we threw our masks on and everything, and my kids didn't want to go. And I'm like, guys, they have OLED TVs in here. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? And I'm like, you gotta come see. So like, that's how we got them to go in so they could like look at the TV. But uh, uh, but yeah, the um, I, Pam, I've read similar um reviews on the series X that it's like, yeah, like, and I think the name of the review was like, the future is like the future's not here, like the future's here but not yet or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's every, everything you said, like every it's everything what they said it would be but there's nothing that you can do on it that you can't like do somewhere else but just like a little bit slower yeah um so yeah destiny being a destiny guy I know that that's one of the big uh, optimized titles that's available now but uh yeah it's it's uh I mean the system's on my radar I'm sure we'll end up with it cause we recently moved the uh the Xbox 1X down to the basement so the kids could have a place to play games where they're not like yelling and screaming like in the living room when we have company over and stuff like that so uh but yeah looking forward to uh to seeing some new games come out on that guy all right i uh, and uh so that was uh anything else kelsey did you want to talk about cyberpunk at all you're gonna wait until we no, have no i, I more know of a...
4: you haven't had a chance to really dive in yet so i'm hoping maybe next episode we can we could dive really deep into that cool
0: yeah no that'd be great um so um if, if that moves it on to me uh, i'll start off with that um i i grabbed cyberpunk uh, I pre-ordered a while ago on Amazon. Um, I, I didn't. I kind of forgot about it. I wasn't really paying attention. I just knew it would show up, you know, when it was going to show up. And then the day before it came out, like me and Kelsey were kind of like chatting on a on a Slack chat. He like, "Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm getting my copy tomorrow." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm super excited. I, like, I'm hoping it'll be here. You know, it's going to ship tomorrow." And I get an email that was like, <laughs> "Oh, here's your code. Here's your cyberpunk code." And I was like, "Yes, I get to preload, and I get to play it tomorrow." Wow. And I open up the email. And it's got a code and i paste it. and i actually call my wife because i didn't have a remote to my pc i call my wife up and said get on the computer put this code in so she opens up galaxy and puts the code in and I'm like, go to Cyberpunk. Say download, and she's like, it just says buy game. I'm like, no, we just put the <laughs> code in. So then I go to library on the thing, and it's like, here's your like digital novel. <laughs> like, wow. Here's like the posters and like the pre. I was like, it's just the pre-order <laughs> items. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But uh, the next day, the game showed up, and um, I don't know if the video is probably not going to show very well because we have like the the funny background happening, but. Um, it says digital download on the, on the, the game, but then you open it up and there's two physical discs in here. So I figured, oh, it'll probably be, you know, you pop these in, it'll have eight gigs worth of stuff on them, but that's the soundtrack. Um, so the game just came on like a little card with like a code on it. Um, so it was really cool that they actually, you know, since they like mailed you something that it actually had like, a you know, like the physical soundtrack there's stickers in here there's a world compendium there's a map there's three like um uh postcards so and this isn't like a special edition or anything it's just like the regular old like 50 standard edition so i was really impressed that even though it's just like a digital download they actually kind of got all that stuff with it That's awesome. uh, but yeah like like crabby said it's not um i've not had a huge amount of time to dive into it i installed it Uh, I fired it up. Um, This was before the most recent GeForce driver update, and it was before Hotfix 104. So I fired it up. I played like maybe like 30, 35 minutes. It took me like 20 minutes to make my character and then um, uh, probably 30, 35 minutes of just kind of playing around. And then I fired it up again this morning just after those driver updates and the Hotfix just to kind of get myself close to 60 frames, which I did. I got myself in like the 55, 58 range um with like kind of a combination of uh of tweaks and stuff so i'm happy with that um, which is pretty good because i'm on an ultra wide so it's like it's higher than like your standard 1080 so um uh but yeah there's been a lot of talk about the performance um not really being super optimized yet with like 3090 cards not able to get 30 frames at 4k um so when like your 1600 dollars video card can't get 30 frames it's uh it's probably cause for a little uh a little panic, but uh it's the optimizations are coming. So um but yeah, once I'm able to dive into that a little bit, I would love to do a little more of a deep dive on Cyberpunk. Uh other than that, we grabbed new Super Mario Brothers U for the kids for Christmas. Um uh, smoking deal it was like twenty five, twenty seven dollars, something like that at a uh, GameStop, which I you never see like first part of Nintendo Mario games eight. that low. Yeah. So yeah, so and they they it's one of those games that back when Target was like open and had you know kiosks where kids could play games they would always want to play that so i'm i'm happy to be give, getting that for them um grab jedi fallen order uh recently added to game pass when ea play uh kind of did that uh, uh that deal there and i was telling uh kelsey and pan this uh off uh, camera before we started the show before chris jumped on but chris i don't know if you played jedi fallen order mm. um it's got some souls elements to it which i know you know people like souls games but uh i i was telling these guys i i, I it, was, it was i knew about it but i didn't know kind of like a lot of the details do you get to parry Would laser they, beams or something you do yeah. you do oh really so the, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so get this so uh, first of all i had no idea that uh um like how good the performances were going to be because voice acting in games is kind of hit and miss. And then even if the voice acting is good, the performance capture may not be. It's a lot like when you do like a, like a naughty dog game where like you can tell that it's like actors on a set, like actually doing the scenes. Every performer has been fantastic so far. I'm not familiar with the lead actor. I had my wife look him up. She said that Seen he was in the Gotham things.
4: show. Yeah, he was the Joker um, and okay. in shameless. He was uh, a big part of that show too.
0: Okay, yeah, I hadn't seen him other than this. He's really good so far. Um, Deborah Wilson's in it, who from uh, she does a lot of voice acting. She was on Mad TV years ago. Um, she's fantastic. The dude who is a uh, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but he like plays a friend of the main character very early in the game. He's fantastic. The main villain, who I also won't say who like who she is uh, yet, but honestly, like all the performances are great. It brought me right in. The game is gorgeous. Um, I didn't realize it, they had a lot of traversal. Like it's kind of got like Prince of Persia elements, where you have like you know like wall climbing and jumping around and stuff. And then you get to the lightsaber fighting, and it's cool because I almost thought like okay, it's probably going to be like this kid needs to like learn all about the Force, but it turns out he already oh, yeah. has and he's kind of in hiding. So it's like bam, you're like ready, like lightsaber's ready, kind of like very very early on. And uh, as far as those souls elements, so not only parrying uh, lightsaber blows, parrying enemy attacks. Um, having like your little, you know, like healing flask uh, okay. that is provided to you by a different means. But it fits really well in the Star Wars uh, universe. And then you have these um, uh, little meditation spots that you can meditate at to like spend skill points. Oh, okay. And if you rest to recoup all your like health and everything, it also respawns the enemies in the area. OK, yeah, <laughs> so right. it's kind of a <laughs> campfire. Um, But yeah, like and I didn't get as as deep into the Souls games as uh, I know you guys did but and then the more I play it because I remember playing the uh, Chris was nice enough to walk me through like some early parts of Dark Souls 1 when uh, when I got it on PC and He would kind of stop me in certain areas and say, you know, look up there This is all one world you're going to be up there eventually and he's like and when you're up there You're gonna be able to look down and see that's where I was So that's kind of how it's all connected and the first few planets you're on in Fallen Order same thing you kind of look in one area and it's and it's not like linear like you kind of walk around and it's like i can figure out a way to get there if i do this or i can figure out a traversal way to get over there and you kind of got to look at it and say how do i do this right just like you would in dark souls like how would i get up there how would i go around this way and you kind of have to plan your attack because you know from being in certain areas a bunch you're like right i know there's you know, not a rancor, but like I know there's a rancor there, so I should not go that way. If I don't want a big fight right now, I should go this way. And what if I rest here, it's going to bring the guy Agdo back. Is
4: that it? Yeah, yeah, like
0: like yeah, it's uh it's something like that, and it's it's great. You you end up with this little droid, who's your means to scan things for like your flora and fauna, and uh, he he provides your uh, um your healing early on, and just the the way they theme it and the way everything kind of makes sense, and they take these systems that have been used before, but they put it into like uh. Uh, you know, the, the reasoning, like the way they, they explain why it's being done. Uh, I'm just really impressed with it so far. And I've only played it for like an hour, hour and a half maybe, um, but uh, really happy with the direction uh, that one's going. So highly recommend it if you have um, uh, access to Game Pass or EA Play. That's available. It's not available on PC yet, but I did see that it is coming to Game Pass for PC in December. So maybe by the time you uh, you watch this or listen to this, it'll be there um i I just wanted to mention among us real quick um it's uh i know it's a popular game people have known about it i had not played it um i played it because the rf generation playcast uh guys set up some uh it's the game of the month and they set up some some sessions that was the first time i played it with the uh uh, with the playcast guys and uh kelsey was on um his uh, son was playing with us uh, uh rich and his daughter were playing uh gregos was there we had josh metal fro mm-hmm. um adam was with us i uh, hope i'm not missing anyone dougly Doug that's wife. right that's right dougly and his wife were both playing and it was great like it was great to just get in and kind of see what uh you know what the hype's about and what's kind of cool is the games are really quick so it's kind of like counter-strike in that way um, where like you know you, you get in get out and then okay, the game's over. let's do another one. and then you know it's uh it's it's just fun good fun my my son so,
4: played should be how to play that a couple times before the play cast, um so yeah. just be with like a bunch of strangers i I don't. Enjoy playing it that way. I don't get the appeal of it, but it, it was so much fun playing with the RF Gen guys because we all laugh about it on the voice chat yep. afterwards. Talk about it, yep. and then we have like a running joke the whole time through, like because yep. somebody <laughs> yeah. called a character teal when he's cyan, so all the kids are yelling yep. at us that we're old. We don't know the <laughs> colors. <was. laughs>
3: it was fun. Yep, so, it,
0: exactly. So so I I got off and like I ended up um because you know your kids like they always want to play your phone. So Callahan's, oh like let me play your phone. So I hand him my phone, and then he's like. And he he pronounces the G. He's like, "Daddy, you have Among Us?" (laughs) Like, yeah, I have Among Us. And he's like, "We play this at school." And I'm like, "You have like (laughs) phones and iPads at school?" He's like, "No, we play it at recess." I'm like, oh, I'm how do you guy. play it at recess? And he's like, just running around. <laughs> like, one person's the murderer. <laughs> I'm like, holy oh, imposter. He's like, yeah. And he's like, so what do you do if you're murdered? And he's like, well, then you're a ghost. Then you just run around and you're a ghost. And I'm like, this is amazing <laughs> that these first graders know this. So he he plays it on the phone. But it, exactly what you said. I joined like a public game. You know, here's a room that's empty. And you're running around with no voice chat. No, you know, connection to these people. You kill a guy, you don't kill a guy, and then you're supposed to vote. It takes, like, losing the social aspect removes the fun of the game uh, for me. They probably still enjoy it because they still get to, you know, kill a cartoon guy, and they like changing their hats and putting on, you know, ninja masks or whatever. But 100% playing that game, like, with a group of people on voice chat versus just strangers, like... It's 100% uh, not the same game. So definitely wanted to mention that. Uh, uh, Playcast guys uh, did a great job throwing those nights together. It'd be nice to do a couple more of those. Um, uh, I also wanted to mention uh, being the Destiny guy. Uh, so the new raid, uh, it's the longest gap in having a new raid in Destiny's history because in the past they've come out with a new uh, expansion about every year. The expansion got delayed uh, this year, so that's why it's it's been 14 months since the last new raid. So Deepstone Crypt came out uh, uh, when the uh, uh, the new uh, expansion came out, Beyond Light, and I did my first run through the Deepstone Crypt with uh, some clan mates uh, about a week week and a half ago, and it is amazing. Uh, it's incredible. It's it's, it's uh, story wise, it's the best raid that tells a story from front to back, because a lot of times in a raid you just kind of you got to kill this boss then this boss then this boss then this boss and then the raid's over and you get some loot and in Deepstone crypt you're following someone in there who you've been following through like some story events throughout some pre beyond light stuff and then a little bit in beyond light and you follow this you know person not person but you follow this you know character a pro, a antagonist in there and you need to break through security to continue following him. So the first encounter is breaking through the security and then you see him with another character that you haven't seen in a long time. Not that there's a lot of destiny listeners who don't know this, but spoiler alert, it's a enemy it's like a boss that you haven't seen in a little while. So, and then you're like, Oh, that's, that's the surprise moment. Oh, X is back. And then you have to like, then there's like another, um, uh, scene where like there he, he's copied. And then you have to like find the copy and then you're, you, you chase them onto a ship and they're trying to like crash the shit. So it's crazy how like you're actually, it's actually like a little mini campaign that, where you're moving through this raid. And there's this one section that I have to mention in it called the deep stone lullaby. It's just this moment where everything kind of slows down and you're kind of jumping out in space, like along this, um, uh, uh, like space station, and you're outside and it's almost like all the audio drops out and all you hear is this like piano lullaby and you're just doing like a a platforming puzzle. And it's so beautiful. And you're just just looking down into the vast of space and it's just this quiet moment in the middle of this big raid. And like, before I did the raid, there were just people on the Destiny subreddit that were like, where did this come from? Just this beautiful, you know, kind of like, you know, take it down a little and got to hear this amazing song. And when I experienced it, it was like you can't imagine how like how like touching and moving it is. And then it's funny. You get like right back into the fight and then there's like fireballs and you crash a ship and then you have to kill X the Abomination. Um, But just really, really cool experience. And um, uh, since uh, Pam mentioned that she was really looking for a enhanced experience (laughs) on the Series X, we're going to have to get her rating. Uh, the next, uh, if, if you just put a you know a couple dozen hours into it, we can get your raid ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, you uh, don't have to listen to this part. Of the show, <laughs> <like>. <laughs> I'm the I'm the evangelist. I'm hey, trying hey, to recruit as many as I can. Was like
4: 3D platforming puzzles. I'd be in with you every week.
0: There are a lot of three D platforming puzzles. Um so uh if we can just get you a character that we can just keep, you know, on the side until there's a new one released, then we can just do those platforming puzzles.
2: Okay, can I just, it's
0: a lot like Metroid Prime.
2: Can I just mention that probably using the term clan mates in twenty twenty?
3: Not not, <laughs> not the best idea, man.
0: Not the best look. Not the best thing you've come up with. <laughs> well, well. Well, I was with my classmates. <laughs> Game buddies.
2: And, uh, I don't know. Come up with another yeah, term,
0: okay? Yeah, X, Xbox Game Bros. Well, it was on PC, so... De- Steam Bros. Destineers or something, <laughs> maybe, right? Just my Steamies. Steamies. <laughs> you ready for the Steamy Awards? <laughs> Which is so, funny because uh, so, yeah. they
2: was the Streamy Awards were today. But anyway, I don't even want to get into that.
0: And there were the, like the YouTubes or something. I don't know. There's there's too many award shows. And I know that's part of me being older and grumpy, but there it is. Speaking of award shows, uh, so here is our short discussion on the Game Awards. Uh, Pam had mentioned that she streamed it before, uh, uh, you know, when it was on the live, just doing some reactions and a little bit of the eye rolls. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to spend too much time on this, but I did want to give everyone a quick opportunity um, who was able to look at the, uh, at the list or of, of the winners or, or to you know whoever watched it and just give me an answer for, because uh, what, what always happens when I watch these shows is all, is someone will get announced as the winner. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> that or Or at least, yeah, I get it. You know, like I, I would have liked these guys to win, but I get why that why that one won. But there always seems to be one or two where it's like, that's uh, that's not the right pick. So I thought it'd be fun to have everyone be able to pick one that says, yeah, that is the right one. And mm, I would have gone another way. So uh, why don't we start with our guest, Pam? So since you watched the entire thing, <laughs> I'd love to know where you stand on who absolutely got the award that they deserved.
1: Um, I think Hades for best indie game definitely got the award that they deserved. Uh, They probably could have stood to get a few more awards, um, especially in a year when so many people are talking about like crunch and studio culture and everything. Like it would have been nice to see um, a studio with a very good culture by all um, accounts be it more rewarded so
0: sure all right i yep yeah, i'll will you'll you'll find out how much you took the words out of my mouth when we get to my little uh, piece on this but i i could not agree with anyone anymore about anything um and then real quick oh, actually let's we'll go through everybody and then we'll, we'll come back so there's pam so uh kelsey being able to so once you've uh parsed all your all of the winners and uh everyone that you saw there who do you think definitely got the award they deserved
4: so i haven't played enough of these games to like argue eddie did or didn't get the ones they reserved or deserved the one that surprised me the most is probably the category that's the least important was the most anticipated game i was <laughs> really surprised Elden Ring, <laughs> that. and not that i know people aren't excited for elden ring because i know chris and he's very excited for elden ring
2: you have no idea what the community is going through
4: <laughs> but that beat zelda God of War and Halo, like that blows my mind. You have
2: no idea what the community (laughs) is going
4: through. the The right answer, though, was a game that wasn't even nominated, and it should have been Gotham Knights because I'm very excited about Gotham Knights.
2: Wow, Kelsey's just skipping right ahead. So you go, you go for it, man.
0: (laughs) Not uh, uh, is is Gotham Knights? um, uh, Not the Rocksteady. No, that's the WB Montreal one. Oh right, right, right. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. I was I was confusing those. Okay. Alright, so uh that's that's a very very fair answer from uh and uh and, and that's about as honest as you can get, especially um we when we were going over some of these, you were like, Yeah, like I haven't played a ton of these. And also when, when Chris earlier when he's like, I was surprised like Elden Ring and I'm like, It's pronounced Elder Scrolls <laughs> He was like, No, 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 Elden Ring is actually a thing. It's like uh eh. <laughs> They, agree to disagree. They
2: say it's a thing. I don't know. We're yeah. still waiting to find out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a. Uh, what was it? Uh, that Dreamcast game, Geist. That's still my most anticipated game that never came out.
4: It came out on the so, GameCube eventually,
0: didn't it? Eventually. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't get my DC version. Still got the pre-order. Got my little Babbages <laughs> five dollars slip that I'll never get that five dollars back. So, um, all right, Chris. Uh, so, from what you looked at, um, who do you think deserves the award that they won?
2: Well, Kelsey took my answer. So um, I have, I'll have i go with well, a backup, I guess. And that would be Best Family Game was won by Animal Crossing. And yeah, it totally right. deserved it. my Both my girls have been playing plenty of Animal Crossing. Yeah. They were even on it again today. I mean, like about every day. They got to go in. They got to do the daily things or whatever it is, right? Check on their people. I tell you what, there was... Uh, I don't know, like a week or something ago, she she's playing and she's over <clears throat> at the computer desk and I'm sitting there and watching TV and she just goes, oh, like she's
3: crying,
2: <laughs> and like oh my, I'm like, are you okay? What happened? And she's says, like, oh, and and by the time she eventually calms down and talks to me, she's like, oh, this character came to my
3: village. Oh, <laughs> it's my favorite
2: character, and I'm like congratulations <laughs> so, I mean, so yeah that's uh I, obviously it's made a big just impact just imagine so.
4: you're playing elden ring and framp shows up it's it's how you'd react
0: <laughs> i i got to say i you know I, i'm i'm on twitter you know like a good amount and like i don't i don't uh you know tweet a lot but like i read a lot of stuff and I got to tell you, I can't remember the last time I saw Twitter taken over by a game like it was by Animal Crossing. And I'm talking like everybody on like, so because there's people that I follow that are in the game circles and there's people that I follow that are beer people or people who like, you know, you know, just like all different interests. You know, there's Lego people, all different people. Every single one of my circles, <laughs> there were people playing Animal Crossing in it and I I honestly can't remember the last time that's happened through like out all my feeds Animal Crossing just kind of like shook the world when it came out. And I never would have thought that would happen when uh, when they said, oh, there's a new Animal Crossing game coming out. But it was like everything combined. And it's it's unreal.
2: It it even got to the point where Joe Biden, Kamala Harris had (laughs) had like promotional stuff in the game, like for their campaign. (laughs) And I'm just going
4: they that, did uh the that's the next
2: level talk yeah. show
4: too, the animal talking like in game talk show. That's think Joe Biden that's was like on
2: that. Next level. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I mean I'll come back to my other thing when we get back around, but yep, that's my easy answer on that
3: one.
0: Right. So uh so I guess I'll go. So I was going to uh say the exact same thing as Pam for the exact same reasons. Um Best Indie Game was absolutely uh uh given to the right uh, uh, person in Hades. And just a quick mention, um, I also want to agree that the least important award is the most anticipated (laughs) because what the hell is that? Um, But also, I really do like that there's a category... Um, for best debut indie game uh, for a few reasons like it, it's first of all the indie scene is so much bigger And has, is more vast than the uh, the mainstream scene. It just seems weird to say, okay There's one important indie game, right? Mm-hmm. I like the recognition of up-and-coming uh, uh, Indie uh, developers and artists so to to have not just the winner but to be nominated in debut indie It just gets like five six seven other you know kind of upcoming uh, indie devs uh, in your head or at least on your radar um, which is great. Um, so I'm looking for a backup, but honestly, it's it's tough for the same reason as as for Ke- as uh, Kelsey mentioned. Um, being uh, uh, you know kind of set in my older you know gamer habits um, of like you know I don't play Call of Duties I don't you know I don't have uh, the Sony platform I don't play you know The Last of Us uh, 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 you know like the the big set piece uh, action things that come out I kind of have my two or three games that I like and I stick with those and I kind of like you know uh, branch off uh, uh, when I can um, so I'm even I'm even having trouble picking a uh, picking a backup and Chris took a family game for uh, Animal <laughs> Crossing so I'm gonna have Kelsey to, took uh, mine. Blame him. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of, Well, maybe we can roll our eyes at him collectively. <laughs> so let me go early. So, so yeah, so let let's head back to uh, uh Pam and uh, now let's uh, uh get your game that should have won in whatever category you'd like to choose.
1: Okay, so I'm going with the same game,
0: <laughs> but mm, I think interesting
1: Hades should have definitely won best music and soundtrack. Um, I just think. Every soundtrack that Super Giant Games has done has just been a complete winner. Um, yeah. It's just so good. It fits in the game fantastically. It's something you could listen to on your own. Um, I love how they have, like, the one or two tracks in there that have, like, vocals to them. And what won Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, it's old music. And they made <laughs> yeah. it
3: worse. So... <laughs> <laughs>
0: virtual high five yeah <laughs> for for real for and and i can't oh man it's 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 the night of just me agreeing with pam so get used to it but like supergiant in general and foreshadowing to a vinyl conversation that's going to be coming up in a little while supergiant uh games are awesome but the way darren korb's music it fits perfectly into each supergiant game like the soundtracks, like you can kind of tell they're 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 similar, but like they're in different universes. Like I just listened to the bastion vinyl earlier today because it's my birthday. I do whatever mm-hmm. I want. So we put bastion on, and my sister's like, "What is this? This is awesome?" And I'm like, "I know right? You should play bastion and a transistor, uh, which is amazing. um uh, uh, pyre, and now we get Hades, but yeah, uh, could not agree more. um supergiant music, unbelievable. I also couldn't agree more. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, I really, really, really do enjoy the original Final Fantasy soundtrack. It was a big part of why I love that game. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird that, like, an album of remixes is like, oh, that, that's the best music of the year, yeah. some remixed music. So.
1: I mean, and even a bunch of the Final Fantasy VII, like, originally wasn't even from Final Fantasy VII. Like, this music's super right. old. Like, I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and it's and like a lot of times I'll see these winners and then I'll look like you know not like I know anything but like I'm looking up like who votes for this yeah and then you find it oh like it's like there's like an advisory board and like you know thirty or forty people and then they you know so it's it's kind of like secretive like it's it's like no one really knows. Um, but like it seems weird that like some pro- like professionals and an advisory board would say these are the best people to ask. And those people are like Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure you've asked the right 30 people to be voting on this? <laughs> it's just, it's just this? Keeley's friends. I think we all know yeah, this right? by now.
2: I mean, like, yeah. every year it's the same thing. Like last year was the year of whatever the Kojima game was. And this year was the year of The Death, Last yeah. of Us. And you kind of like these running themes where you're like, OK, I kind of get it this is going to be the darling yeah. of the show and we should just buckle in and get used
0: to it. Yeah, it, it does happen. So we sh- you're right. We should get used to it. So, uh, so moving right along, let's go to uh, Kelsey. I'm um, looking at that list, a uh, game that should have won.
4: So you're not know, counting my th- Gotham Knights? Cause it wasn't, wasn't actually nominated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can, I, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: if not, I, I was going to go kind of the same route as Pam, the art direction, um, like Ghost of Tsushima looks beautiful but I, I always prefer the more stylized games so I thought for sure Hades or Ori uh, Will of the Wisps was, was a shoe in for that one pretty surprised that any of those other games even had a chance
0: yep mm-hmm. very good alright and then a uh, game that should have won uh, Chris
2: alright you guys are probably not going to like me a whole lot but um, for I, well, for I, action I'll, game I'll
0: the game not that
2: the game that should have won was Neo two. Hey, you want to talk about I, action? I, I'm not mad at you. I agree. That game is one million percent action. There's Right. That's all there is to that thing. I mean, you you're you've got a lot going on and a lot to master and um I I I you know, respect. I know a lot of people liked Hades. Um mm-hmm. I've not played it but I've watched what it is and that doesn't scream
0: action to me. I, I would say those exact words. It doesn't scream. There is action in it. Yeah. It doesn't scream. Like you, when you look at it, you don't think action game like you do when you see something like a Neo. I I would agree with that. Did You, you thought we would be angry just because you were going anti-Hades? <laughs> yeah, I know
2: it's the indie darling right now, which I mean, it, yeah. it looks fine. You know, I'm not trying it's to say great. that. It's just. Yeah.
0: Right. I I thought the same thing when I look at, you know, action adventure game, and I've always thought action adventure is just like a very broadly covering term where it's like, you know, sure, it's action adventure, there is action and you can have an adventure. It's like, well, then what is an action adventure? Right. So but yeah, I I agree with you completely that when you say action game, I think of like you know bayonetta devil may cry you know nia like just something where it's like i'm one dude and i'm Non-stop. you know this is the way it is yeah, yeah just constantly going so I, I would agree with that assessment um i'm gonna try to keep it uh uh short um game that should have won um i want to reiterate my agreement with uh pam's uh, earlier assertion that um uh, super giant um should have won for direction for hades for the exact same reason the 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 crunch that surrounded uh, Last of Us 2 is something that the industry is really working to get rid of. And crunch is a direct uh, result of poor management, which is part of directing a game. So for the Game Awards to give recognition to a game that allowed this crunch to happen, it's polar opposite of what the industry needs and what the Game Awards show is probably meant to do in the first place and like create support for the industry. There's an incredibly well-written article uh, by Ian Walker. That's um, uh, I, I want to say it's on Kotaku. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's it's excellent. So just look up that article about, uh, and it's it's pretty much that same opinion is that uh, Last of Us should not want have won game direction for the amount of crunch that that happened there. Um, and then I'll just uh, end up by saying game that should have won best ongoing game <laughs> Destiny 2. <laughs> I'm very very happy that uh, No Man's Sky was able to overcome the rough start. Um, it looks like it they' they're they're people who care about that game and who want to make it uh, better and make it the thing that they originally you know kind of set out to make. I love that it ended up going cross platform. I love that it's available on Xbox game Pass. I love that it's available on game Pass for pc um It's not per- I, I put some time into it. It's not personally something that I think I would go back to, but I just love the amount of positivity and uh uh, uh how much has moved forward with that game. But you know, it doesn't have the deep stone crypt raid. Doesn't have any three D <laughs> platforming puzzles. Doesn't have loot to chase. <laughs> doesn't have a grind. So just, just goes know. to show
2: if you work on any bad game for five years straight, you'll eventually win something.
0: <laughs> oh, all right, I'm, I'm losing you. I think your your internet <laughs> might be might be dropping out. So uh, all right, quick, and so quick ends shout our to sh-
4: Tony Hawk One and Two winning. You know what? <laughs> I awesome. thought
0: about it when it was like that sports game, and I'm like, you know what? since NHL wasn't up yeah I mean you'd have to give it to uh to Tony Hawk one and two. Uh, I remember you being really excited about that uh, when it got announced and uh and being into it uh, uh so i I haven't gotten the chance to play it yet i I hope that I do but yeah i I'm, I'm really happy that it's I've been well received so all right so um I wanted to uh uh again in in honor and recognition of our uh, guest Pam who is also a big advocate of a video game vinyl and uh i see her post when you know she comes up with good scores and i'm very much looking forward to uh see what she comes up with next because it it allows me to add (laughs) things to my discogs want list Um, I wanted to give uh, her a chance to tell us some of her favorite video game vinyl pickups that she's had this year. And if there's a handful that she's excited for for next year, we already had a little foreshadowing a few minutes ago. But uh, yeah, Pam, so what cool video game vinyl have you picked up uh, just in 2020?
1: So this year, I think my favorite was the Outer Wilds soundtrack. Uh, That was just such a good soundtrack. Um, I like soundtracks with like a little bit of twang to them and like it's just Mm -hmm. it's just so perfect and like kind of emotional just because of how the game was um and i really like the design and everything of that i also picked up ori one and two which was nice because i i know ori had been released and then it had been sold out for the longest time so when they re-released that along with the second one I snapped those up. They took a while to actually ship. Um, and then the other one is called The Cat Lady, which is an indie game. It was actually a first pressing by a um, company called Stumpy Frog Records, <laughs> I think.
3: Um,
1: and that one took a long time as well. Like I, I had paid for it months and months and months before it came out. But those are probably my favorites of the year this year
0: very cool mm-hmm. um so I, i'm sorry for the repetitive nature of this uh, entire uh uh you know show so far but outer wilds is absolutely and before outer wilds was announced it was again not like the most anticipated final uh, uh award of Bill's you know, mind is a, is a thing that people care about. But I was telling these guys like, as soon as Outer Wilds gets, and it's not just the fact that the music is good, it's just like you said about Darren Korb's music fitting Super Giant Games, uh, uh, Andrew Pralo's music fitting. Uh, uh, Outer Wilds Mm -hmm. and also the type of that music just fitting on the vinyl format like you said with the twang like there's acoustic guitar there's like very kind of spacey like cosmic soundscapes Mm -hmm. and they're not like mutually exclusive they're like mixed together and just the way that the story incorporates that music and as you're finding individuals that are out there in the world and they each have different instruments they're playing Mm -hmm. and that actually ends up coming together in the end and I'm getting goosebumps talking (laughs) about it it's so so good it's so beautiful it's so perfect for the format and the packaging when I first saw the packaging I was like I don't know if I love that because it was very like monotone like just kind of like you know two like one or two colors very simple but then you got it and I was like you know now that I'm looking at it it kind of feels like it's an artifact that I found in this world Mm -hmm. you know and there's and there's like kind of sheet music that's in it and it's like learn to play church theme and stuff like that so yeah the only thing I would have said and I know not everyone likes colored vinyl but since the, the sun in that game is in this constant it's – it's a time loop game. So the since the the star is in a constant state of uh, supernova and then you go back to the beginning of the time loop and the star changes colors from like the kind of like red-orange that you would normally see to blue when it's like about to supernova. I remember tweeting at Andrew Frollo, like, I'm um, just – put it out there. If when the vinyl is released, there's not like – a red regular star vinyl and then like a blue supernova star vinyl like it's a big missed opportunity <laughs> and you know who knows maybe they'll take that idea and i'll get some royalties eventually <laughs> but yeah 100 cool. 100 agree outer wilds uh my personal favorite uh, of the year some other cool ones i picked up not really new releases but um i grabbed a copy of contra finally which is a super fun record to listen to the one side's got the nes the other side's got the arcade um, which obviously the NES is far superior. And it's interesting. It's one of the only big 12-inch records that I've got that, that is recorded at 45. So the first time I put it on, it's like, bum, 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 bum. I'm like, no, what is happening here? I didn't look at the label. It's like, oh, this is 45 speed. So then I turned it up. and It's like, oh, now we're, now we're you know, cooking with gas. Uh, but super great listen. Also got the original Castlevania uh, 10-inch vinyl awesome awesome uh listen um i grabbed um uh uh death uh, uh chris mentioned death stranding i grabbed that one a while ago haven't played the game yet just heard how great the soundtrack was um and uh, a handful of other um you know just kind of ones that have been on the wish list for a while the ones uh the most anticipated that i'm looking forward to uh just in January, um, we have the uh, uh Music of Destiny Volume Two, which is a six LP set, wow. uh that comes with a slip mat, which is awesome. I missed out on the, the first one, so I actually bought two of these in hopes that I can find someone who, you know, has an extra of the first and maybe missed out on the second so we can do a little swaparouski. Um, which is not gonna happen because it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> but I can I can dream. Um, and, uh, uh, I mentioned to Chris on the last show, the, uh, Mass Effect, uh, uh, vinyl set, um, uh, Space Lab 9, I think is the one who, uh, announced there's going to be a pre-order for that that starts sometime in January. And I think that's all that has been confirmed that is on my radar. Um, Pam, anything upcoming that you're especially excited about, which I foreshadowed earlier, possibly?
1: Um, I'd like to get the Hades. Oh, yeah. Uh, Santa.
0: it's a triple, I believe. Oh,
1: Wow. Yeah, they,
0: triple LP. They keep and there's there's one more that I don't know if it's on your radio radar that I'll I'll let you know if you haven't heard yet.
1: Um, and then uh, Disco Elysium, which, <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that they were coming out with a like physical edition that the, they announced at the game awards of course then I went over to I am 8 bit which is so expensive the collectors edition like with the vinyl and the physical game even though I don't want a physical game because it's a console game and this is a PC <laughs> game so
3: um
1: like but there it also has like an art book and stuff like that but the the collection is like $250 Ooh. which with i am 8 bit shipping and customs and you know putting it in Canadian is easy like like. (laughs) so I probably won't be getting that but I would like to get the vinyl for it um and then one that I don't know if it's coming I'm in a like a group and apparently one of like the bootleg companies was gonna do Parasite Eve they were supposed to do it this year Mm. but it never happened so maybe next year
0: Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I should have known, because like, there's been a few times on Twitter where I'm like, oh, hey, look at this, or hey, check this one out, or hey, look at the. And every time it happens, you're like, yeah, I, I already have that. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably should have known. But, yeah, so I, I just saw the disco, because um, I didn't see uh, the Game Awards or see it announced there, but I did see the disco uh, set. Um, I saw online, it said... Uh, there are two versions of the Disco Elysium uh, uh, vinyl soundtrack. There's expensive and very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I checked that out, and um, I was surprised and happy to see that there is just a, a triple LP uh, version. So it's 60 bucks, which is on the expensive side, but for three hundred and eighty 180-gram LPs, like, I'll allow it. Um, the artwork looks really great. There's also a three-LP version that's $129.00. And it's an origami jacket, which I haven't really seen uh, a lot of, but basically the whole thing folds out into this big, you know, like I guess oversized octagon, but it's weird. It's the same three records that come with the, uh, the $60 edition. So it's like a, it's like. $70 $70 for this origami <laughs> jacket. Um, oh, and I'm uh, sorry, um, the, the regular edition is black vinyl and the the, the special edition, there's like three different like kind of like cloudy marble, you know, so you're paying for the vinyl color plus the jacket. And then the collector edition you mentioned for the 249 which is insanity, unless you just got money to burn. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Hades soundtrack I think is pretty soon if it hasn't, it's either, it's like uh, I, I was seeing like the pre-orders uh, coming up for that. Um, so yeah, there's a uh, Great time to be alive if you love spending lots of money on video game vinyl because there's (laughs) lots of cool stuff happening. And you mentioned one of the bootleg groups. I don't have personally have any bootleg stuff, but I've I've started to kind of like dip my my feet in those circles a little bit and start to see like oh like how how deep down this rabbit hole do I want to go? So I don't know if. uh, I'm trying to stay out of it, just like Lego minifigures. Like, I don't want to just dive into a thing that I can just dump more money into.
1: Yeah, people in that hobby, I mean, I guess it happens in any hobby, but they can be ridiculous. Like, I'll see people in the group, and they've been posting all these vinyls they've been picking up, and then they're like, so I need a turntable. What 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 should I get? Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Too late
0: Christmas. Yeah i've have, i've have, it's like buying all the ps5 games you know without a system or a controller or whatever Bill, right? like, Bill, which... if you
4: want to get started in, in the bootleg ones i've got two copies of that mega man 2 bootleg that uh i think it was the first one that that came out through nintendo age like years and years ago
0: oh really yeah yeah maybe we'll chat about that <laughs> cool all right so uh so yeah it's uh i again i just i i brought up the vinyl because uh Pam's a bit of an influence in my video game vinyl uh, uh, addiction or hobby, however you want to say. So I just wanted to make sure we had a little pop in for there. So why don't we just dive right into the big box PC main topic here. So uh, big box PC games. uh, Why are they so awesome? Why are there so many people tirelessly collecting and looking for big box pc games why can you never find big box pc games at your local store why do people laugh at you when they say do you have any big box pc games i know i sound like a broken record when the you know so we're in our our slack chats and different things and you know people will be like oh like i'm at a game store i'm at a swap meet i'm at this like what does everyone want me to look out for and then everyone with the regular oh like look out for you know i'm looking for nes carts or i'm looking for you know box genesis or Sega cd big box pc games everyone's <laughs> like yeah be quiet yeah. <laughs> so but it's weird because everyone who's into big box pc is like they're unbelievably cool and so it's just this like weird little niche that you know some people are really into and everyone else is like uh take it or leave it so um i thought it'd be a fun uh thing to uh, dive into um so just that that first uh a question why are big box PC games awesome and you are not allowed to contradict that? So uh <laughs> uh Pam, as as a uh as a big proponent of PC games, um I was personally a big, big fan, big fan of your long form uh video on the dig, um uh, classic LucasArts uh big box PC game, and uh like honestly, like I remember being at work and seeing that come up and I was like Man, this is gonna be good, and it did not disappoint. So, it was uh, it was great to see you put the time into that with uh, the research and uh, you know kind of some of how the game was made and things like that. So, loved seeing that. So, as a as a big fan of the big box PC and kind of the, the how things were made, do you remember what kind of originally drew you to PC games in general, and when you made the distinction that the, that these are big box PC games versus you know kind of just small box?
1: So, what drew me to the collecting part of it, like in the yeah, uh, I think it was just trying to recapture all of the ones that I had as a kid. Um, You know, growing up, I had an NES, and then I didn't have a 16-bit system. I was just like all PC for that uh, that sort of time frame before I got a PS One. So that was like a big part of my life where I was like you know, 11, 12, 13, like, you know, formative years. So just wanting to get those back. They just look so nice on a shelf. And they're just full of so many goodies. Um, Like the console games are great and much easier to play um, the actual hardware than PC games. But you know, most of the time, like they might come with a manual or like if there's a special edition, they come with more but like PC games come with like, cool like giant manuals and they've got like weird stuff in them and like ways to prevent piracy and like all these kind of like little artifacts and i just i just really like them i like how they look on a shelf like yeah just just wanting to recapture all of those games that i owned and foolishly threw away (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always telling Chris when he mentions, Oh yeah, I have this thing from when I was a kid. I'm so jealous mm-hmm. because yeah. like, like so many, you know, young people who have a cool thing and they're like, well now I'd like $5 so I can go buy a different thing. You know, you get rid of that and you're like, you know what? I could have made $5 any number of ways. Yeah. I should have kept that awesome thing. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you can always make more money, but yeah, I, I love how you said, um, like, uh, that word artifacts, which, uh, 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 it, it's a great word for these little, I don't want to call them trinkets. I think artifacts is a better word for them because uh, And I, you reminded me of the anti-piracy piece where you would have these things where the game would boot up and it was like, turn to page 45 mm-hmm. and you had to like match, uh, you know, like a picture yeah. to what was in there or like pick a word or something like that. And uh, when you mentioned the things that come with the game, a lot of the keyboards back then there weren't like you know 90 million manufacturers of keyboards there was a handful and it was all pretty much the same basic shape so you would get these overlay cards Mm -hmm. that you would just drop onto your keyboard and it would tell you what you know keys like you know one through nine or your thrust or your throttle so you would just drop it on there and be like all right here's my steel battalion command center (laughs) for my uh for my keyboard so that that was definitely a cool piece of it and you can't deny they look awesome on a shelf I, i remember early on Uh, We had cousins who were always into computers, and we never had—we just had the Nintendo. And we went to their house, and I remember seeing a game that I'll mention a lot in this call, uh, *Tie Fighter*. (laughs) Tie Fighter, um, being played, and uh, I remember distinctly seeing the, the the laser beam like move from the bottom of the screen up to the crosshair in the middle, and I remember watching him having to lead the shot. And like the the, the reticle would change from green to red because it it would kind of tell you like, yeah, like by the time you shoot that, the shot will get there. And I just remember those little details and thinking like, man, that is not something you see in console games. And part of it was the power of the systems at the time, but a lot of it was just they didn't make them that detailed. But once it kind of hooked me with that, that gameplay, and then I remember like just looking up at the shelf and you do, you see these like they're bigger than books, like up on the shelf like that. So I remember when I first you know, grabbed a handful of like my favorites, so I was like, all right, this, this needs to continue to be a thing. So, uh, uh, Kelsey, what started you in uh, big box collecting, and why do you love them so much?
4: <laughs> I, I joke, but I actually do. I don't know, because I don't talk about them like you do. Uh, but yeah. we didn't have a computer for a really long time, and when all my friends were getting Pentium twos, we got our first 486. Because my dad just bought it off someone at work for like 50 bucks. And it came with a big box of software. And in there was King's Quest 1 through 4, Civilization 2, uh, some flight sim games. Ooh. And they were all complete still. But because you know they had to stay near the computer, I couldn't put them on the shelf with my other games. So they always had to stay in that box because my dad didn't want to display them either. So <laughs> I didn't actually get to like look at them until later on when I got my own computer. And I, I think I probably got the... Diablo 1 and 2 were probably the first two big box games I bought with my own money Mm. and besides like those two small batches of games I never really went hard into PC but then when I had my store um, we'd get big collections in all the time and sometimes be PC guys and uh, if you're watching the video version I've got the the gold box SSI games behind me and when i got a couple of those traded in i was just like what are these these are beautiful <laughs> and so i've been hunting down a whole bunch of those now and i've i've got quite a collection of the old like ad and d gold box uh, games from like the late 80s and they're just kind of remind me of, like atari boxes where they they've got artwork that's far more beautiful than the game you're going to play and mm. and they've got that like uh it's my favorite thing with like nes games and super nes games when they're complete in box and they all kind of have a uh, theme they stick to uh, like you know yeah. purple box konami games or the silver box or sorry silver box konami purple capcom um capcom. i like i like when when a company has a, a style that they stick to for everything so all these gold box games are, yeah. are gorgeous and and like pam said um the the feelies that come in the boxes are just fantastic sometimes i have a box for a loom which she did a video on recently and i was watching and mine's missing the cassette, and I didn't know what was on it. And she explained in the video what was on it, which was great, because now I need to buy a new version of Loom that has the cassette with it so I can get some more story. Because <laughs> I didn't realize that. I thought it would just be music. But yeah, there's there's actual like lore on the uh, cassette tape oh. that came with the game, which is just oh. so
0: awesome. Yeah very very cool yeah no i i remember like you had mentioned a handful of times you're like yeah i don't talk about it much but yeah i've definitely got my my little uh big box pc uh, station there
4: about 250 big box pc games then wow. there's i
0: need, i need pictures
4: I'll, I'll send some after um they take up tons yeah. of room though that's that's <laughs> yeah the one downside but they're gorgeous yeah and,
0: yeah. and uh uh Yeah, no, it's, and I, it's, I love you mentioned theme. I mean, obviously, uh, I have the, um, the Konami Silverbox, uh, complete set. It's one of those, like, little subsets that, like, I could just never imagine not having. Like, sometimes, like, games come in and then you're like, okay, I'm done with this one. I'll get this to another good home. But I can't ever imagine not having that full Konami Silverbox set. And, like, I know a lot of people are into the Nintendo black boxes, but, um, yeah, there's a handful of themes on the PC where you can kind of group them together. Something and they, they look amazing with that big size that I,
4: that I equally love and equally hate about them is when they come in odd shaped boxes. Like, I have a couple that are like hexagons, or ones that are like yeah. pyramids. And it's like mm-hmm. I can't fit these on the shelf with anything, but they're so
0: cool yeah the well that the, so so in my collection i have a whole bunch of them are just spined and then a handful of those weird ones like those ones are faced out and i have like little spacers behind them so that they're not faced out like in like all the way in the back of the shelf they have something that kind of keeps them like up front and center um so one of those things i have um at a flea market a few years ago it's like a sound blaster Aw 32 uh card in box and it was like this is like equally cool with like the big box PC stuff. So I got like with like the creative, you know, like the sound blaster on the side of the box. So that's forward. Um, there was a handful of a uh, square uh, soft games back when they were square soft before square Enix, like the final fantasy seven had like this weird, like pyramid box shape. Tomb Raider, I believe did Prince of Persia, um, Prince of Persia, Grim Fandango had like a, a, a weird uh, like tombstone uh, box version. But yeah, there's uh it's it's inter- and it's it's funny how you say equally love and hate because they are awesome, but like I know your attitude towards things that don't like perfectly yeah, fit in. like, like I've, uh... I've
4: got this old Mac game called Astro Chase 3D. I'm probably never gonna play it, and the game doesn't look that interesting. But the box is like 3D, and <laughs> it's got this cool slip cover over it, and there's like yep. a pyramid coming out of the center of it. So mm-hmm. you need the slip cover to like keep the pyramid in the box, and like it's such a yep. weird packaging, <laughs> but it's, it's really really neat.
0: Very cool. All right, so Chris, uh, do you do you collect big box uh, items for the PC besides operating systems and versions <laughs> of Quicken, or what do we got over there?
2: I mean, I don't actively now, uh, but I, I mean, I can i can understand. I remember <clears throat> I was never really a PC, as in IBM PC gamer much, mm. but um, I did have a Commodore 64 back in the I know I'm going to be the old guy cool. on the show. <laughs> but, I mean, but I literally am, so I can't help it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I had a Commodore 64 back in the day, so, yeah, I would get games on, you know, obviously uh, – cassette or, or floppy disk and they had a pretty typical form factor a lot like PC games you know there's pretty large boxes that they came in and I do remember some of my favorites that I had were games from Infocom and I think they were you know pretty well known for uh, having lots of extras and things in the box so I remember really clearly uh, one year for Christmas I got a games from Infocom's called Suspended and I really liked the text adventures Back then, and this one uh, I could never do anything with the game because it was very <laughs> hard. But, like, uh, the front of the box it had um, a cutout, and there was a plastic uh, f- um, like mask. Because the whole idea of the game is that you're uh, in some space station, you're in deep freeze, and then you're awoke, but you're not with it yet, so you can't do anything other than communicate with these robots that are in the station. And they have different abilities, and you have to use them to fix the problems so you can, you know, be okay and not die. It's
4: a really neat concept.
2: It is. And so each robot has a different, basically a different uh, ability. So one can see, one can hear, one can do things physically. And so you have to coordinate them. And so inside of the box, not only was there like this, you know, it almost reminded me like a death mask, but it was this. You know, like uh, Han Solo and Carbonite kind of look to it, right? (laughs) The silver face. Um, And then inside you had like a map of the station. Because it's a text game. There's no graphics. So there's a map. There's all these little uh, disks that you would use so you could keep track of where the robots were in the station as you commanded them to go. (laughs) Like, oh, I need you to go here. Because you have to have them work together. Because again, like, you know, this one might be telling you, oh, I can see this. And another one somewhere else and saying, oh, I can hear an alarm. And, you know, anyway. So, uh, you know, Infocom was kind of well-known for that. They would usually put maps or other little things that are in their games. And I always just thought that was fascinating, especially as a kid, was um, having – it was really like having to use my imagination a lot because mm-hmm. you just – you know, there weren't even any pictures of this is what the robots look like or anything. You had to <laughs> – it was all in your head. And I would draw pictures. Right. You know, uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> when I
2: got a little older, I did have a PC for things that I had to like do, do. Um, so I did play some games. I didn't really keep it in, but you know, that was back in the days of like Doom and Rise of the Triad and and some of those games. So you know, I I was in the zeitgeist for a very small period of time, probably from Doom to Command and Conquer. <laughs> that was okay. That was that was yeah. probably about it, and I played those games. Um, that was
0: probably about ID. Uh, uh, westwood. <laughs> westwood was the, you know anyway
2: um yeah. so yeah there was a, a short period of time uh mid-90s ish that i was playing some pc games um the one thing i liked about it is you could play lots of really weird games and they had shareware which was kind of cool because you could i could dial into the bbs <laughs> yeah. i could download some shareware try a game out i'd like you know like rise of the triad and somewhat like mm-hmm. Hexen. you know you would Oh, it could be a play a little bit of this game and try it out. So I remember doing a that.
4: at school had hex on it for some reason
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, So speaking so I remember um, uh, uh, it's funny you mentioned shareware because there's a whole bunch of things that existed when you know PC games and you know big box PC games before they were like you know really referred to as that were around that don't exist anymore. like magazines. <laughs> that would have software with them so like you it would be common you would go to like you know barnes and noble or walden books which are well barnes and noble still exists but like uh, uh a lot of these things aren't around anymore but it'd be common to go to a bookstore and like pick up you know a magazine and it would have a couple of discs in there that would you know and you'd see it through the plastic wrap and it's like 900 games are on this <laughs> disc. And you're like, really? 900 games? And it was all shareware. Mm-hmm. It was all like, you know, like the first episode or the first chapter. And that's Doom was distributed that way. It was, you know, that, that first uh, Knee Deep in the Dead uh, was uh, that shareware that was, uh, uh, you know, you got it started and then you got like your little taste and then it was like, all right, do you want to play more? Okay, like here, here's how it works. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, 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 there are so, it, you think about, uh, you know something like you know like the Wii, where it kind of had this reputation of having like a lot of shovelware, where people would just like dump massive random you know games of varying degrees of quality because like oh you know what it doesn't cost us very much and maybe we'll sell like forty thousand copies or whatever. But it PC is one of those things that like imagine trying to like figure out the list of like how do you figure out what a complete list of you know like <laughs> PC games is
3: oh,
0: is not possible. It's like, you know, Rich talks about how tricky it is with the Atari, you know, like you have like the different label variants and then you have, you know, different... uh...
4: Video Game History Foundation started putting out a podcast and they did one with Sid Meier recently and he's talking about his early days where he's like, I was like copying my own discs and putting them in baggies and like going to mom and pop stores (laughs) and like maybe only two of them in the whole country would sell my game and there'd be like 50 copies and that's it. Like that's all that ever existed of that
3: game
0: yeah it's it's amazing so it's like it's you you hear stories about like um uh you know and and even you guys because uh chris uh, uh and kelsey you guys are both um uh interested in you know completing your licensed nes collection and then chris you had some unlicensed stuff and then it's always the question of like you know what's the magic number do you count these do you not count these and then there's the pirates and the bootlegs so like at some point you have to be like all right this counts and this doesn't I don't even know how you do it with PC games There's just so much. That's one of the cool things about we've talked with people and even you guys have said where if you have a like a set that you're going for and then it's OK, like once this set's complete, what are you going to do? And you're like, I don't know, like maybe I'll pick something else, you know. So one of the cool uh, draws of PC games for me, not that I have enough of them that I'd ever have to worry about having all of them is there really is no end to it. <laughs> It's uh, it's you keep going until you get the things that you think are, are you know you just can always find something that you think is interesting, um and uh, uh it, it's, it it gets into that line of like you know with Pam saying before they look so good on a shelf, it it it's it's that same. You know collector argument of like are you getting them to put on a shelf and look at them or are you getting them to actually play them so i do want to get into the collecting versus playing in a little bit but we'll get a little bit further into uh just kind of uh, our feelings on big box uh, pc and kind of where where we're going from there um so uh so chris you've told us why you think they're so awesome and that was awesome and so i have an, the next couple of questions we've kind of answered them just through the uh the, the discussion that we've already had um but i do want to just uh, uh real quick combine these into one so f- the first big box pc games you ever remember seeing in like a computer game store uh that like grabbed your attention and they ended up being kind of like game changers for you and i'll just give you a quick example when i started working at babbage's um this is years after i already knew about tie fighter and you know kind of uh, uh, some some previous games But when i kind of walked into babbage's and i was like this is a place that i want to hang out place that i want to be in they had a big cardboard stand up for uh diablo 2 which is like like i got heard of diablo 1 because my brother had played it a little bit and i was you know mildly interested in it and i remember just walking through the store at the time it was all big box pc stuff and it was all stuff that ended up being kind of classics like half-life was on the wall and planescape torment was on the wall and quake one was on the wall and just uh um some stuff that like i remember fondly but maybe isn't like remembered as like an absolute classic like giant citizen kabuto which like i still think about and uh uh, still like fire up once in a while (laughs) so i just was kind of wondering like what are those like complete classic like you know first time you saw them like in a story you were like whoa that is freaking cool so that's the kind of the kind of vibe i'm going for here uh pam do you have anything that uh, comes to mind with that?
1: Yeah, I remember being in a Radio Shack uh, in like <laughs> 1995 and there was these I mean they don't Radio Shack didn't have a ton of computer games in it, but you know, they had this little selection and I picked up this one and it had like real people on the cover and on the back of it and it was under a killing moon which like is what kick-started my love of FMV games. And I remember mm-hmm. just, like, seeing it and being like, oh, my God, this is amazing, and convincing my mom to buy that for me. But, yeah, seeing, like, real people on the cover of it was amazing. And then later on down the road, like, two more games, there was a game called Overseer, and it had, like, a little flashing LED light on the top of a tower on the in the box. <laughs> <laughs> That was like the most memorable seeing a game in store.
4: I've never seen that one.
3: I gotta look that up after.
0: (laughs) So yeah, I'm I'm familiar with Thunder Killing Moon. um, And just when you mention FMV, that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down to, uh, down uh, through that. I would love to go down through. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to uh, Phantasmagoria. Um, which I know you've played, you, you've done on your channel. Uh, I, I think I remember you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that you didn't play it like initially, like way back when it was a thing. You just played it kind of more recently, if I'm That's right. right. Okay, right, yeah, because I, I remember re- uh, watching your video, and it was kind of like, you know, not sure if uh, you know I would have liked it more if I played it back then, but it was just kind of, you know, it was what it was type deal. And it's, it's, you're probably right because. I have this, like, you know, weird nostalgia for it where, like, I play it and, like, I know that it's flawed, but it's the game that I remember, so mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, the way that, like, our brains kind of react like that. Um, but talking about FMV games, it, it makes me think of Burn Cycle, um, which is this weird kind of uh, cyberpunk-y, like, instant death game that, like, you know, kind of, like, what is it, um uh, the Space Quest and what's the other one called? Dragon... Uh... Dragon Slayer uh dragons dragons, space. dragons space. Lair. Yep. Space. Yeah. space ace yep yep sorry yeah i messed that up so space like we're West, like
4: also a big box pc game that's yes. awesome
0: <laughs> yeah right so like kind of like death around every corner so like burn cycle is one of these games that like i could never not die at every single area that it was possible to die like you would die and it was like oh i'm not supposed to step right there or i'm not supposed to say that to this guy type deal but it's still like something that's kind of burned in my memory mm-hmm but yeah that's 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 funny that you uh that you remember that kind of intro to to those fmb games there um uh yeah cool so uh kelsey what was your what's your memory of back in the day what was your what was your pc game store of choice
4: so i was in a pretty small northern town we didn't have like a computer store and our zeller's where you got most of your entertainment didn't sell much computer software there so we did have a radio shack too but they'd have like Mm. three games at a time kind of thing so most of my memories actually is most of my friends were pc guys so i had one friend who always had worms 2 by his computer and that (laughs) one was was very very memorable lots of nights playing that um i had another buddy who introduced me to Baldur's gate um which was like like i never actually played it i just watched him play it because he he was like halfway through the game by the time i went over to his house and i just kind of got to see how interesting this world was and it was such a different type of role-playing game than i'd seen on consoles um and lastly i had another friend who introduced me to dune uh 2000 that Mm -hmm. was my first uh, rts um and we played through all of their campaigns in that game like we I think we like 100 percented that as much as you could at the time kind of thing yeah. just could not put it down platinum did yeah like I, th- I think the only thing I remember seeing in that uh, Radio Shack was uh, King's Quest Quest for Glory it's the only one that's kind of stuck in my mind that I actually saw in the store but I didn't purchase mm-hmm. this at the time I didn't have the, the PC to run it
0: gotcha very cool. No, those are good. Those are good ones. And it's it's funny because like I have my whole collection of big box PC. I have my memories of it. But there's so many in so many different categories that just like hearing you guys kind of like like say some of these out loud, it just it just yeah always pops but, up like another the, like uh, the Dune 2000
4: guy was my FMV guy too. Like we played Seventh mm-hmm. Guest and Eleventh Hour there like a ton uh, and always like I was probably early teens so it felt like we were doing something bad with those games specifically (laughs) and like he would be the guy whose dad would rent an r-rated movie because he didn't care and we'd watch that on (laughs) halloween or something
0: so so cool it's i'm I'm glad i was actually thinking of uh, 11th hour just if i was gonna try to fight for a way to work it in i played 11th hour before seventh guest so i ended up going back to play seventh guest and like it didn't resonate with me nearly as much like 11th hour was like a a go-to for us for a long time and you're absolutely right like we had this uh strategy guide for it that i still have and i still read like without playing the game because i just think it's a fun cool uh document and what was cool about it is it had like the script for the scenes in there and like the way they write the script where it's like you know uh uh however they write like oh like exterior shot uh panning left to right a car drives up so it was like almost like red like uh like uh you were pitching it and and it it had a note in there and it was like um originally this was planned to be like an like an r-rated movie like that much like you know there's supposed to be nudity and cursing and this and that so i mean there's there's already there's some scenes where like there's like some kissing and there's like some no nudity but like clothes coming off and stuff i remember reading in that book that it's like oh like there's 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 like been there's a planned like r-rated version of this that's like also going to be coming out and just like you said, like oh, i feel like i'm doing something wrong mm-hmm. or like something bad i'm like oh here's my bu- here's my like uh my guide to uh uh the the r-rated version <laughs> that might come out eventually but it never did but and it's funny because like there i played that game so much and we played it with friends and you ever like reference something that you think other people will get and like nobody gets it like that's like me with 11 bauer references where you're trying to solve a puzzle and like the clue is rolling rock bottle cap and then you can like keep asking for like more clues and you're trying to think okay like rolling is there is are there any rocks in here is there like you know like what what's the clue and you can just keep asking like give me a clue give me a clue give me a clue and this is one of the earliest ones and like the final clue that like gives it away and tells you what it is like she's like it's a rolling rock bottle cap <laughs> like you're just looking <laughs> for an actual <laughs> beer bottle oh there it is right in the thing but like ah oh, that it's so good and there are puzzles later on in it that like there are no salute there's no like giveaway solution for you just have to like win the game like that's the you know the the puzzle solution but yeah man it's it's crazy like the just how just the vastness of the uh you know the variety and just the the different things that are available it's 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 cool to kind of see those differences uh so chris uh, I'm interested to hear what your uh, PC store of choice uh, uh, was. I know we we have a couple of Radio Shackers up there. Uh, was it a Zellers uh, also up in Canada? So uh, we also had Electronics Boutique besides our Babbages. So if you were you know more of a PC uh, uh, shopper, where what what did you have around you guys growing up that had PC games and what do you remember seeing out there?
2: Okay, again, I'm old, so you <laughs> have to remember like there wasn't these things. There was Kmart. You could go to Kmart, and you could buy, like, Commodore 64 games and stuff, and mm. that's, that's kind of it. I mean, like, of course, like, later on when I played them myself, I think it was probably, like, yeah, like, an electronics boutique or something. But, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, that's that was back when there wasn't one standard computer, so you'd go, like, like, payment, like Radio Shack, you would go there. Mm. Um, or, like, again, lives like Kmart, stores like that, mm. where... They just had a little bit of everything. You never knew what you were going to mm. find. And half the time, it's like, like okay, my grandmother worked at Kmart like when I was a kid. Yeah. So, you know, they got me some software, you know, when I was, yeah. like, of, like, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But you could tell, like, they didn't have any clue what the hell they were buying. So, yeah. I mean, like, oh, here's, uh, you know, here's Logo. And you're like, this is like a... Mm. Uh, a little kids like learning tool <laughs> yeah. or, or you know they gave me some other thing that you know is like fortran it's like okay fortran right. is like a language that adults use for like financial software yep,
0: <laughs> yep. no i it's, so, it's i remember they yeah so with um uh uh you're you're like bringing back memories as you say that stuff because yeah like later on we had like electronics boutique and and uh and Babbage's and stuff like that. But before that, like back when we had like our 386 and like later on our 486, you're right. Like we didn't have like a computer game store to go to. So where we got a lot of our software or like, you know, just when we were just out and about just uh, buying stuff was, uh, uh, do you guys have Costco? Yeah. Uh, we, had a, we had a Costco near us uh, when we were younger and it was, like you said, kind of like a catch-all. You would walk in and it was like whatever pallet got delivered, you know, like that morning, like it might be, you know boom boxes, you know, (laughs) it might be, uh, you know, computers. So we we actually, we ended up getting our computer there um, and uh, they would always have this kind of like, just like section of software. And because it was Costco, it was like, not like the equivalent of like the playstation greatest hits section but it was kind of like stuff that had been around for a while and there was a lot of collections i remember getting like one of the lucas arts collections there and if you remember these it was like a great big box that had like you know five six seven discs in it and it had like cellophane windows on the front just so you could see how many discs were Mm -hmm. in that package Uh, it's one and one of the cooler uh uh, boxes that's in the collection now because just because of that and it was like x-wing tie fighter you know like uh, uh dark forces um like a whole bunch of the uh uh the lucas arts uh, kind of star wars uh, collection games but uh yeah costco we would get some software and kind of like flip through some old stuff they would have like a commander keen uh collection <laughs> and i don't remember the name of the store but early on when like computer software was still kind of like finding its feet and like you would go into a store um you know like just kind of like one of those kiosk type stores in the mall i remember seeing a box I always remember the name because uh, uh, of just I didn't know what it was, and it just said OS2 Warp, and I was like, "What's OS2 Warp?" Like, Is this a game? And they were like, "No, it's an operating system." And I asked the, when I was like five or six, and then I asked the question that like everyone like asked me when I tell when I say the words operating system. They don't know computers. They're like, "What's an operating <laughs> system?" And they're like, "Oh, it's like you know, like DOS, like Windows." Like, yeah, it's like what how the computer works. And they're like, "Well, it's it's one of those." and i just didn't get i was like what do you mean like i already have that and they're like yeah it's another one it's <laughs> like so does my stuff work on it no <laughs> <laughs> why would i get it they're like we don't know yeah I, but
2: uh, I, I do remember like later on when i would um you know it was into the pc little there was a store called comp usa that was around sure. at the time and it was one of those like catch-all like oh come here Mm -hmm. we have everything you know it was just a computer store but it was you had to drive like half hour you know to get there and you know it eventually went out of business but i do remember going there and picking up you know when i bought in the 90s some games that's usually where i went was this place called comp usa and they they were like a little bit of everything that was in there
0: yep i I remember that we didn't have one near us i remember Uh, hearing about them and you know like their website for a while when they were a thing and I know Micro Center is still a thing um, that uh, where people buy hardware I don't know how long they've been around if they were around back in the big box uh, PC days or not Um, but uh, and then um, of course you have like your kind of standard just like office uh, stores like your Office Depot or your Office Max or Staples or you know one of those guys picked up a lot of uh, you know shareware or like uh, uh, random uh, big box PC stuff there um so uh um i wanted to talk uh get real quick um just get a quick diamond in the rough uh is like a, so think of a pc game and, and a couple of people have already mentioned one of these that like no one's ever heard of before but is there like that one big box pc game that you love that you don't think most people have heard of or that you know people haven't heard of but just some reason it resonates for you you kind of fell onto it and uh just kind of became like a, a thing that's really defined you as a person for uh, your life since then Uh, (laughs) wow yeah very existential Uh, you got you got several hundred to choose from in your big collection so what what do you think you're going with
4: um probably space quest three with that one i haven't specifically mentioned it yet um because i was really into the king's quest stuff and space quest plays the exact same way Mm. but with a cool sci-fi theme which i'm really into and I, i'm not sure how the other space quests are because i've only played three but it's like a parody of a, there's things that were popular at the time there's like star wars jokes there's terminator jokes <laughs> there, there's literally like a terminator chasing you through the game and stuff <laughs> i just remember it being so funny like right off the bat you need to pick up a ladder to climb up onto a conveyor belt and like any game you, you pick it up and it just disappears into your inventory and then the game makes a little joke like you shoved the ladder in your pocket ouch <laughs> and i thought that was so funny and then you climb it up and the uh conveyor belt runs you right into a grinder and then the death screen is you come out as like a package of ground beef and so just like right off the bat like i, I really got into the the humor of that game and i played it a ton and i don't don't think i ever finished it but we got pretty far because we didn't have uh internet when we had our 486 when i was playing this either so it was just whatever I could figure out and no, none of my friends were playing stuff like that anymore. um, So I didn't have anybody to ask. So we just kind of had to trial and error way through it. Like originally you would have had to and, and had a ton of fun with it and got way more time out of it than I would have if, if I could have just looked it up.
0: That's awesome. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm I'm not as familiar with that one. So that's a good pick. And just when you talked about getting kind of like, uh taken off guard by the humor it just made me it gave me like monkey island vibes it's very
4: much in that vein and it's 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 kind of looks like a more like a lucas art game than it does a sierra game because they do a lot of that like Mm -hmm. dithering in it from what i remember sure i'm going off really old memories i could be a little off but but i remember the art being pretty cool in it too
0: very cool yeah that's that's a great pick that's that's uh that's a really good one um uh pam why don't we swing over to you and see uh uh, what do you think for uh, something that you think is kind of like, again, like one of those like diamonds in the rough, like people don't know about, but you think is really good?
1: Huh. So I don't have a ton of like, my collection's not huge and it's mostly point and click adventures and CRPGs. Um, I would say Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura is maybe one not as many people know about. Ooh. It is is a CRPG. One of the three games made by Troika, who also made Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines line, and okay. um, Temple of Elemental Evil. And it is this really cool concept where you've got like magic and technology kind of facing off against each other, and you create this character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all very like steampunk. And if you go too far into technology, then your magic becomes like weak and inefficient, and you go into magic you like lose your ability to do technical things uh so it's it's really cool it's got very interesting systems very bad combat Uh, (laughs) um and it is a little bit um buggy especially near the end of the game but it's just got a really a really interesting story and some cool characters in it so
0: yeah it sounds cool is this something that you played way back when or you've uh, kind of discovered more recently because I, I know you're a big big fan of uh, uh vampire uh so i don't know if this is something that you kind of branched off of uh, uh vampire to find or if you kind of played it around the same time i
1: think i probably branched off of vampire so I, I probably didn't play it right when it came out but it was you know i was probably in my 20s or something when i played it
0: all right very cool nice yeah good pick all right chris what are you going with, Bud? I'm
2: gonna go with a game I bet I can almost guarantee nobody's heard of, but um, oh, good. The I don't know if it was good, bad, or otherwise, but it, it's the <laughs> one I would pick. Um, like in the you know when I was in high school and like right out of high school, I spent a lot of time reading mostly like fiction, and then as I've gotten older, I don't bother to read fiction anymore. But um, I read this series that I really liked. It was called the the Death Gate Cycle, and um, it's by Weiss and Hickman, which you guys probably know. I mean, they wrote like a million of those, you know, series back in the day. But they there was a game, like they made a computer game out of it. It was a point and click adventure, and I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, what? There's this whole other part that's like to this series that I really liked. You know, I could learn. It's like more of in that in that world. And um, so yeah, I remember I had to like mail order that thing. I think back in the day because yeah. it wasn't like something you would find on a shelf. And, uh, yeah, played all the way through. I don't remember it being the most amazing thing that I ever touched, but it was kind of neat at all the right. time to say, oh, here's something extra in a world that you're already familiar with from, like, a book series that you really enjoyed. Here's something new. And uh, so that was pretty cool. I enjoyed it.
3: That, nice.
1: That's cool. That reminds me of I was one of the games that I remember seeing in a store was Genera, and I really liked the the Shannara series by Terry Brooks when I was a kid and too, I, yeah. I remember seeing that game in the store but I was not able to convince my mom to buy it so I've never played it
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe you need oh, to add know. it I'm sure it's probably on Gog or something didn't know that something. game
4: existed I was super into those books when I was young too mm-hmm.
2: yeah. that nice. was, was pretty neat though I mean you know that whole idea to me of I mean I, you guys probably grew up I didn't play point and click I'd done like text adventures so that's probably about the only exposure to mm-hmm. point and click. Although I don't know, I played Manic Mansion right. on Commodore 64 a little bit. But right.
0: Uh, so, so let me ask you: Was uh, uh, so I was familiar with the Zork series when it got uh, 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 graphical. Mm-hmm. But it, am I am I wrong that they did start off as text uh, early on?
2: Yeah, Zork was uh, Zork one and two was Infocom's kind of claim to fame. It's where they got started. Right. Um, Zork one and two was originally one game on mainframe and they had to mm. split it up for home computers because it was too big to fit on floppy a floppy uh, disk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I remember I was at a um and you know how like sometimes you're like at uh, maybe you know but like when we would go to relatives houses or whatever for like you know like christmas parties or holiday parties or whatever it just kind of worked out where like you know the adults they go into an area and they all visit and they you know like uh, how everything is and the kids go into wherever, like, the basement or the den or where the TV is or where the computer is. And, like, all the kids just figure out a way to survive <laughs> this uh, this uh, party. So there was, you know, like, at my Aunt Pat's house, they had a Nintendo downstairs. And it was always, like, 20 or 30, you know, uh, uh, you know older cousins, you know, like, maybe, like, early teens, uh, you know, up through, like, their 20s. And they were all kind of, like, playing, you know, baseball on the Nintendo or playing Metroid or taking turns on Punch-Out!! So, and it was too hard for me as like a four or five year old kid or however old I was to like you know muscle my win there and and get to play the Nintendo, so a lot of times there was always like an office in this basement, and there was a computer in there I was like, all right, let's see what's going on in here and I remember like just looking at, at some of the games and Zork Nemesis was there okay. um so yeah. we like you know fired up Zork Nemesis and it was kind of like. I don't remember a ton of it. My brother was really into it, but I remember it kind of being like sandwiched in between their copies of like mist and Riven. So I remember I just had that, that feeling of like, Oh, it's probably like, mm-hmm. you know, like a graphical adventure, you know, you know, type thing. And, uh, uh I remember like in the artwork and I remember like watching him play it a little bit. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I had, I had, I had read that, you know, it came from the, uh, you know, the text adventure, uh, roots. Um, and, uh, but I had never, never experienced a text adventure except, you know, seeing them in movies or, you know, hearing about them from uh, our elders. <laughs> Man, you know how to make a feel guy feel young. Uh, one, you said you're the old guy, so I'm just trying to. I will say that you know, to reinforce it. Inter-
2: interactive fiction is the genre, uh, and it okay. and it's still going strong. Actually, people still write IF mm. games and. Um, you know, I still think they hold up because, again, it's all your imagination. It's like sure. playing a book, and so if you yeah. if you liked anything like that, you know, I still. Bill, I can spread. St- play.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah,
4: the whole Zork thing in there, like, just, it's the exact same. Like you're, yeah, you're reading it, no, you just yeah. have to imagine what it looks like.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. Yeah, put that piece together, but yeah, the um, uh, I I love. I love ready player one i love that book so much um i know i know two is uh uh two's on my radar i haven't just uh, got ours in the mail
4: i haven't cracked
0: it yeah yeah yeah, i it's one of those things like with the birthday and christmas i'm like okay like i gotta kind of put a you know a block on you know self-spending for a little bit to make sure that uh there's not any duplicates there but it's it's uh it's on the wish list so hopefully that becomes a reality but yeah that's uh that's a fantastic read if you haven't read uh, Ready Player 1 so um uh, very cool um so for for my kind of diamond in the rough it's just this weird not weird it's just this kind of random a game that we discovered via shareware one of those you know collections where you throw it in and there's a list of a billion games and i've got this weird thing that i've always had where like when there's a list of like a whole bunch of things i don't go from like the top down i'm like let me go to the bottom and then i'll like work my way up just because that's just the way that i've always done it so one of the last games on this collection that caught my attention it, the, the name of the game was terminal velocity and I was like, that sounds cool. You know, sounds fast. You know, let's figure this out. So, if you've ever played Terminal Velocity, it's like, uh, and 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 the screen check, it's kind of like um it's an like game, a isn't it? no, it's um uh, so it's like a a, a flight combat, um okay. but uh, like so futuristic like sci-fi flight combat. So um and and with those type of games, there are, there are two types mainly. There's kind of like your your Tie Fighter, X-wing type games where like there there's motion. And, uh, um, you're kind of like, you know, constantly moving in space and there's dogfighting and stuff. And then there's like the descent style ones that are kind of like 360, like full, full motion where like you can kind of literally like change any direction you want and go forward, down, like up, like back, left, right. So this is more of like a tie fighter type thing, but instead of space, there's like uh you're on a planet and... You just, like you have an objective, and you gotta like you know go to this area, like destroy this base, and then once you've done that, you go to another area, destroy the base. Sometimes there's like fighters that like follow you around, and then sometimes it's a little bit like Star Fox in that like they'll be like, oh like you gotta like like they're they're sending a bomb in, like you have to disarm it real quick, and they have these like um kind of like uh, like you know hexagon or octagonal like loops that you have to like fly through in a pattern, like seven of them to like disarm this thing, and then like you're safe because that's how you disarm bombs yeah right (laughs) but to this day it it, and it's also it's got vibes of um uh uh rogue squadron years before rogue squadron was a thing and i'm not saying rogue squadron stole anything but like you know how in rogue squadron it'll be like all right we gotta like go kill like this area and then you go to an area and there's like three or four gun turrets and they're just stationary they're just like up on like you know pedestals And they just so you just got to shoot like the gun at the top of the pedestal. So you shoot the first one, then the second one, the third one, and the fourth one, and then that area is done. Then you got to shoot the uh, you know, there's droids that are monitor the what do you call them? Like those, like uh, the ones from Empire Strikes Back that like uh, have the self destruct, like the probe droids. So then you got to kill the probe droids, and then you you know, and then okay, this area is clean now. Go to the next area. Terminal velocity is very much like that, where they'll have like those turret guns, and you got to kill those, and you got to go over here, and then. It, it just like it just kept me engaged in a way that like it was like okay I got another thing to do now I got to go to this thing now I got to help these guys and to this day I I can I can hear the song that plays uh, the entire time during it because it's just one song no matter what level you're on <laughs> no matter which that, like that version of the that's
4: anticipated wear. vinyl for next year it's exactly
0: yeah you'll never see it's it all right. it would be like a th- it will be like a three inch uh record. Kelsey hears just, one song uh, in
2: his head over and over, I bet, from Akari Warriors for the a rest of the Warriors now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was it's great and it's just sticks out in my head and like I actually didn't realize it was a, a standalone big box release. I just always thought of it as a shareware thing, but I have I've you know since Googled it and yeah, you can find like a standalone release of it. But like uh, you guys uh, mentioned on a couple examples of earlier since a lot of these were just like sold by companies like out of like the back of a truck or they would have a handful made and then try to ship it wherever the handful of copies that survived are on the expensive side so i'm a very 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 patient big box pc collector because i don't need to have them all so it's one of those things that if i ever just happen to come across it at a swap meet or something for a few bucks it'll be like awesome it's gonna look amazing on the shelf but i don't really like seek out you know like the big ones for like 30 40 50 100 plus dollars so yeah, terminal velocity uh, is what I'm going with uh, for that one. All right, so um, now let's uh, we'll move on. We've we've kind of talked about some of the things that we've seen and that we like and that we remember and some kind of uh, oddballs. So I, I want to get into the piece now where we talk about collecting versus playing big box PC games. I would venture a guess to say that Pam probably plays more of these games than anyone else on the call um or or has played um just in you know what we've seen of her uh uh, on her channel and the things she's she's reviewed with uh, mentioned phantasmagoria and the dig before um so i'd like to get your thoughts on when you decide to play something that you know is a big box pc game uh or is available as a big box pc game what are your what are your thoughts on uh playing versus collecting like if you're going to make the purchase and get this big PC game, will you go through the effort to try to take that media, copy it to a modern PC, try to figure out a way to get it to run? Or is it more trouble than it's worth and you say, you know what, I'm just going to grab whatever you know version I can on whatever digital download platform. How do you feel about, about that?
3: Yeah,
1: the PC collecting is the one place where... I like the actual media in the box is useless to me. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> mm. do anything with it. Uh, my yep. <laughs> my computer does not have any type of disk drive in it. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I don't like messing with that stuff. Like I will play the games, or I have played the games in the past. Uh, but in terms of like the actual physical media, it just sits on the shelf in the box. So I like to read the inserts and things but Mm. the discs not not very much of use to me which is why i don't care if they're missing
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's with the box yeah
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, honestly i think that's where most people fall uh with this I, i think that the big appeal of the big box pc game is the packaging um i and i even think it's cool to have the disc like if you can get it but just like you said if it's there, great. If it's not there, great. Like there's there's a few times where I've just, for, out of curiosity, and since you know growing up, like that's what you did. Like when you bought a game, you would get it in your system. You'd you know maybe make a boot disc. Some more RAM would be free. You'd figure out some very basic DOS commands, like change directory this, create directory this install the game here and you and you ran that classic installer that would have that blue screen and uh you know you'd run through it and you're, okay put the sound drivers on put this driver on set up your gamepad you know so it is fun to kind of go through that process in DOSBox, just to you know for like a little bit of like a nostalgia hit but i'm 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 with you and i think of most people are with you where it's like you know it's a cool thing to kind of like you know see how games used to you know run or see how they used to install but I I don't think there's that many people that are one maintaining old hardware like old you know like 386 486 uh, DOS machines hardware to try to play these things when it is so 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 super simple uh, to get them working on modern hardware through other means mm-hmm. so uh, but yeah I'm I'm kind of with you on that and uh, uh, Kelsey so on your your big uh, collection of of the games that you have if you had the the notion to say you know what i'd love to play that random game right there and if it's not available on you know good old games or steam or whatever what's your what's your thought process on how you're going to get to play that game
4: um my intention is always to play them on the real hardware because i don't want to get distracted from trying to beat all the nes games though i mm. haven't played much out of sight of the nes in a very <laughs> long time now but i'm getting close so my, my goal is, once I'm done that, is I want to reset up my computer room because I had the opportunity when I had my store to pick up some old computers. So I've got a Commodore 64. Oh, so cool. I've got an Atari ST. I've got an Apple II. I've got my old Windows 98 machine that I bought when I first moved out of my parents' place. So wow. I want to have, like, five or six old computers set up in my computer room and be able to play on whatever kind of hardware that I, I can. So that's the intention, but I don't have any of it set up to play right now.
0: Wow, so so you're you're going the full route of like, you know, uh uh like setting up a little museum kind of, of uh, yeah. like here he, here's here's the you know, the computer gaming museum uh uh of the uh yeah, that I mean that's obviously like it's one of those things that like I think a lot of people who have collected uh, PC games or have the intention of playing them. I feel like it's like a pie in the sky idea that we've all thought of at some point and there's definitely been times where I'm like, "You know what? Yeah, Let's let's get a DOS PC like right over there, right there in the corner. You know, big fat CRT monitor. You know, like big bubble screen on it, just like whatever you used to have, just for that for that feeling. And I, I feel like every time I like start to pursue it, and then I start to realize, oh wait, there's there's not a lot so, of this hardware out there. Not a lot of it works. So my
4: computer <laughs> buying has been so sparse. It was like that 486, and yeah. then it was like skip ten years, and then it's like skip like twenty <laughs> years, and then and. When I had my store, um, we we want to start getting into some VR stuff. So I have a Mm. a friend who owns a computer business, and I was like, hey, I need you to build me something that we can travel around with, like, an HTC Vive, and, and here's my budget. He says, yep, I can do that puts it together and like i didn't think anything of it and he hands it to me and i was mortified that there was no disk drive in it i'm like how do i play anything and he's like what nobody has a disk drive anymore and he had to like walk me through it like update me on it uh, i'm still a little upset there's no disk drive in my computer
0: oh that's rough yeah but yeah i i wish you a lot of luck with that i'd be very interested to hear once you're through your nes journey um, if that ends up being something that you start to make a reality, well, I'd be really interested in seeing one, how that one goes. One of the
4: first things I I want to do, I think, when I'm done and yes, is I want to play through every single Batman game, and the earliest yeah. one that I know of is a Commodore 64 game. So, and I've mm. got it, and I've got the hardware, so I will probably at least mm. get that one set up pretty early.
0: Very cool. It's it's funny you mentioned that. Whenever I load up uh, back when I would make like HyperSpin like emulator machines, I wanted to test like one game on each machine, and I would fire up like the Atari. Uh, links and early on in the alphabet i'm like what 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 games are even on the atari links <laughs> so, but early on in the alphabet it's like oh batman so i would always fire up like batman or batman returns whatever it was on there and you got to see like the logo and i'm like all right this emulator works cancel and i've never actually played it but yeah it's i'd be curious to see that 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 sounds pretty cool and uh, uh, Chris, how you rolling MS DOS uh, over there at your place?
2: Well, I I know we're over on time, so I'll try to keep it short. Um, mm. But I'm basically in Kelsey's boat. I've I've got a lot of old PCs. I think I've talked recently enough about rebuilding a 286. I've got a compact portable, portable two. I've got an Apple two and a Commodore 64, and and whatnot. So yeah, I I like hardware. So um, (laughs) working, restoring hardware, using hardware. Yeah, I get a kick out of it. I
0: like it. Do you think for you having the hardware is similar to like a big box PC game collector just like having the games on a shelf? Like even if the hardware doesn't work perfectly or you you don't he care about having it work. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. But like, are you happy just having it? And you're like, Oh, like I'll get to that eventually. And the fun is like, you know, like working on it. Or if you have something that's on a shelf that doesn't work, do you see that? Does that bother you? That like, no, I got to get that working, or it's not worth it for me. Half
2: the fun is fixing it uh, and mm. getting it ready to go. Um, I've got a, I've got a CGA monitor that I need to do some work to. It needs recapped and um, some other work, but. Yeah, I mean, I I don't uh I know what it's like to have shelf candy. Um for computers mm. that just doesn't enter into my mind because to me mm. all computer software is just it's just digital. It doesn't matter. Sure. So having right. like a flop, the floppy disk, you know, I could make floppy disks. Right. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Do I still use a floppy disk though? Yeah. I mean, I've got floppy disk drives. I use them. I make them. Right. But uh yeah. I do I have to have the original <laughs> floppy disk Nah. No, nah, I can make a new
0: one. Right. I, I, every time you mentioned it, I just want to mention uh, uh, zip disks and jazz. I've disks, got a zip uh, drive. Quick while we're... A zip drive is a Aren't wonderful so cool? way
2: to run an old Macintosh. So,
0: yep, lots of data uh, in on a format or like you know in a time where you couldn't put lots of data onto a thing without you know one of these uh, solutions. Yeah, I it. mean, you know, I remember I remember keyboards, like having like know, zip and a, yeah, <laughs> a box of, box of
2: floppy disks. Uh, it's, I, it's Amazing, see it there, but you know.
0: Love it, yep. So cool. All right, so uh, so yeah, I think we've kind of covered like all the major topics that I wanted to, and, and like you said, Chris, we're uh, we're we're getting close to, uh, to to really going over on time. But uh, there's a couple things that I, I did want to just kind of go over and kind of get some opinions on, that, especially Pam's is uh, uh, legal ways to play uh, big box PC games um, uh, versus like kind of that shady area of like you know just downloading uh like anything that you that you want to give a try so um i just wanted to go over real quick uh in case it was it, it uh you know people aren't aware is um so dos box which we mentioned before is just like a, a like a dos container like it's just a shell that like runs within windows you can take like a legit you know copy a tie fighter or diablo or whatever uh kind of load it up into this box and play it any number of ways um another really easy way to play games that were available in the big box pc area is just buying them on steam or good old games or any number of digital distribution platforms Uh, i did a blog article years ago for rfgen where i showed the difference between playing a real copy of tie fighter and the the steam version of tie fighter and they're the exact same thing like it just when you launch it in steam it just opens up like a little dos box uh container and just plays you know the same files that are on the disc in steam so i was wondering um uh Not to get into like a huge piracy uh, discussion, but what are you guys thoughts on, you know, do you feel like you have to have the uh, uh, the the legit, uh, you know, software to feel good about like, you know, running one of those uh, DOS box environments? Or are you fairly comfortable just, you know, downloading something in a torrent or something like that and playing something that may have been obtained through like maybe ExoDOS or uh, Win 3XO? um and we can go over uh, uh kind of like what those are real quick if uh for the for those who don't really know what they are Chris, Chris you're you're you're, I, you're shaking your I, head I think a little you're bit.
2: getting way out of I mean, you know, if I'm going to play an old PC game, uh, I mm-hmm. download a disk image, I write a disk and I put a disk mm-hmm. in a machine and I I do it. <laughs> so, that's right. – um you, I don't DOSBox emulation Steam you know, yeah. you, you guys could talk about the, that. That's not going to have anything the, to do with me.
0: <laughs> d- doesn't enter into your mind. No, and I'm not. I'm yeah.
2: not playing any games that would be any what. I mean, they're probably mostly abandonware or freeware by these days.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really see a lot of uh, you know legal action when when <laughs> you see, like. So so just so just to kind of review, um, uh, Pam, are you familiar with uh, either Exodos or the uh, Win3xo uh, projects? No, I've never. Heard of it so yeah so uh, exo is um uh, he's a really interesting guy is he just kind of took it upon himself to uh um uh he's 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 attempting to catalog obtain physical copies of and make playable as many games as possible that were available on the dos platform and the windows uh uh three you know dot oh three dot one platform would
4: you compare it kind of to mame then where he's trying to make like a catalog of emulated stuff
0: it, it very very similar cuz what mame tries to do is they try to obtain uh, uh original hardware they try to dump the uh, memory off those chips and that is stored in the official mame rom sets and to be played on the the mame emulator so you're so you're still so yeah you're you're doing something very similar because mame is emulating the original hardware even though you're playing on pc You're emulating the hardware that it would have been played on. So like the Windows, uh, you know, the the, the 486, 386, uh, you know, Windows 3.1 or 95, 98 PCs. Um, But yeah, it's very similar. So he does his best to obtain physical copies. He doesn't do disk images or or downloads or burns or anything. And it's available. It used to be available in like five volumes. So it was like action games, RPG, sports, simulation, and uh, uh, like flight. And each collection was like 100 to 200 uh, gigs oh my for like this, like, God. yeah, for like this, like seven, eight, 900 gig uh, collection. Why though? It's, Would you have play like any of Like two, right? right? It's fairly, it's fair. It's fairly recently been combined into one collection. So now you just download this like single collection, but. And, and like, pretty much all the games have been, like, incorporated into it. But what's really, really special about it is he doesn't just, like, throw these games in a folder. He's got, like, a DOS box container and, like, settings files and, like, all the different, like, ways to make them playable included for each game. And he's got a front end put in here. So you you fire this whole thing up and it just kind of has a list of games. And you're just like, okay, Civ 3, launch. And then Civ 3 is playing on your machine. And then you can back out of it and you can say, okay, Planescape Torment, launch. And it does all of the, and like he keeps it updated and he keeps mm-hmm. it going. So it's one of the most popular torrents on a, a couple of the emulation sites that I, uh, that I jump into from time to time. And it's just, uh, so part of me really wants to have that, that big box PC game on the shelf because it is so cool. It's so nice looking, it's great. And then the part of me that just wants to play the game I just I always have the collection there. I always have that, uh, uh, you know, the means to play it on a on a modern PC. And uh, personally, it never really enters my mind, because like you said, it's kind of abandonware. it's not something that a company is really like grabbing or holding on to royalties or anything like that. Um, so uh, but I just wondering if that was something that would be. Uh, that you would like to uh, get your hands on you know this massive collection of like every you know windows 3 or, or dos game ever in one collection here's my
2: question i mean no uh no <laughs> how, but, many, how many <laughs> gigs of text adventures have they uh, no 7k no but here's the thing that gets me right so this guy is producing all of this and putting it out there and he's fine Pam yep. can cover an award show for like 10 minutes <laughs> and get 60 copyright claims. How has this happened? Yeah. How is this guy just this like is... out here doing all of this? It just uh, you know, it, it,
0: the world is weird. Isn't it crazy? The world is isn't weird. It?
2: No, I don't want, no. <laughs> if I want a game, it's it. just like, it's, you know, I'll go get that one or two
3: but
1: yeah i don't i don't even like to buy humble bundles because there's games i don't want to play in them and i i don't even like digital clutter so (laughs) no
2: yeah that was like people that would download like oh i'm gonna download like every nes game in a roms and you know why i mean you don't want to play them do you I mean, you want to play mario and you'll be done so, or
0: whatever so but you wouldn't equate that to like if you had an EverDrive, you wouldn't just throw the entire collection on a little card throw it in an EverDrive, and now it's like okay now all of those games are available on that nintendo or whatever i are on
2: a call with people that just bought all the games i don't you're <laughs> t- talking to the wrong people i don't know what to tell you
4: <laughs> i was really impressed when we went to play diablo 2 a little while back and mm-hmm. you could put your original CD keys into Blizzard.net, and it would just let you play the game, and you didn't need to put the CD in as long as you had the keys still. And I, I obviously every camp company can't do that because nobody cares about mm-hmm. some of these games anymore, or who knows who has the rights to which ones. But that was really impressive to be able to I, still yeah. play on Battle.net with my original game.
0: I, I remember like saying like, so I had just a copy on the shelf, and we wanted to play some Diablo, and we're like do you think this will work? And we like just put our windows like 95 or 98 discs in our computers. And it was like, you want to install this? And (laughs) there's like a patch. There's like, you have to, you download it from their site and it's like, okay, like, yeah, you can put it on windows 10, just install this. And, but you're right. Like, and then you log in and it's like, what server do you want? And you're like, there's no way this is still going to work. And man, (laughs) it just worked. And we played the only thing that was different
4: than I remembered was you have to log in every 30 days or you lose all your progress.
0: Yeah, yeah, very cool. So, all right. So, it looks like I may have been barking up several of the wrong trees with this uh, uh, last little bit on the the Exodos or the three one. But I thought I deserved to mention in a uh, big discussion on uh, old uh, big box PC games. But uh, it's your birthday, man. Uh, that's a... <laughs> talk, talk yeah. About
2: whatever you want.
0: Yep, just by myself. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but that's all I have in the outline. So unless there is uh, uh, anything that I'm missing, anything anyone want to add in uh, that they think deserves uh, a quick mention, even though we're we're running a bit long.
4: I just want to give a shout out to Star Wars games on PC in general. Like you mentioned TIE Fighter and X-Wing, but I played a lot of Dark Forces and Galactic Mm. Battlegrounds as well. And Mm. they're just awesome. Big, big part of my my growing up.
2: Let's hear it for really clackety-clackety keyboards. So we need (laughs) more loud, very mechanical keyboards in the world.
0: Yep, they were huge. Then they went quiet, and now they're back, (laughs) and they're still awesome.
2: Uh, I love a big, heavy keyboard. So
0: (laughs) very cool. All right. Well, so uh, why don't we just uh, wrap it right up? I want to thank our guest uh, Pam uh, for joining us. Uh, You can catch Pam's uh, YouTube channel, uh, "Cannot Be Tamed." Uh, I would. Uh, highly recommend. A uh, lot of good stuff over there. Definitely. Um, uh, Pen, what do we have uh, coming up uh, in the future? I know we're moving, mm-hmm. so uh, but what can we look forward to?
1: Uh, I think the next gate or next video will probably be the most disappointing games of 2020, and then <laughs> after that will uh, be wow. my favorite games of 2020. Um, I need to write a script for Suikoden 2 because I finished oh. playing that a couple months ago, so I should really write something down before i forget everything <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and that's a big game yeah. too yeah
1: yeah much bigger than the first are, one
2: right? yeah
3: definitely so, so check
4: t- out pam's nes videos too because I, I feel like i know nes games pretty well and so whenever i see someone do reviews on them i like to check them out and and most of the time i'm like if they even played this game do they just like it from when they were a kid And they, <laughs> that's why they're yeah. talking about I have never disagreed with the point you've made on, on the games. Like you, you call out the flaws as they are and and like you did a Journey to Silius video and Isolated Warrior and those are not commonly talked about games and I thought you were spot on with your with your views on both of
2: those ones in particular. Well thank you. Yeah, I wanna agree that yeah, I really you do a great job on the content you put out. It's always good. I don't think you ever really take time it's. Ne- I don't ever see one of those things like I just needed to get a video out because the algorithm says I need to get a <laughs> video out, right? I, you know, I see other people do that. They're like, oh, Watch says I have to have content every week or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But I, yep. I don't feel like I ever see that on your channel. You, you do good work.
3: Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely, For real. So yeah, so great. So everyone, check out uh, uh, Pam's channel. Uh, Kelsey, where can people find you? Uh, do you have anything coming up soon? Anything we can read?
4: Um, at Kelsey Polnick on Twitter and just working away on cyberpunk so i can start writing about that that's pretty much it for the near future though
0: awesome chris what you got going on where can people hit you up
2: yeah as usual i run the show account so at CollectorCast, um you'll hear my droning or, or replies to somebody weird or saying <laughs> yeah. hi to somebody i don't know i should probably be better at like community management i'm probably not but if you want to talk to me there you, you can
4: just see him like all the dark souls things i tag him in <laughs>
2: yeah I, I try to be uh i, I don't know maybe I, i'm a bad community manager but anyway yes um at collector cast uh you can hit me up there um or just join us over on rf generation where you can also see pam's content
0: that's right yeah so uh, on um, there right now yeah Mm -hmm. Yep, so uh, rfgeneration.com is the main site where we all hang out Uh, You can grab the show wherever you grabbed it this time Uh, We're going to get this back up on YouTube, try to get some regular video going Uh, You can hit us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, all the regular spots Um, Am I forgetting any of the big ones, Chris?
2: One, One day I'll figure out SoundCloud, but we're pretty much everywhere else
0: Right, yeah. And collectorcast.com, obviously. Great great place to grab. All right, so I want to thank everyone for joining us, uh, for hanging in there with us for our uh, little big box PC uh, conversation, and we will catch you next time.
2: Happy birthday, Bill!